Blog Talk Radio.
Father, I praise your name. I praise your name. And I pray that everybody that's listening to this program, Mother's Live or Memorex, also praises your name. Father, you are awesome. You saved me again this weekend. <laughs> oh, man, you came to my rescue once again. Praise you, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for being so incredibly awesome. Thank you for the trials and tribulations. Thank you for the thorn in the flesh. Thank you for twisting that thorn in the flesh and making it hurt so bad that I want to get on my knees and spend time with you and do nothing else. Father, I just praise your name and I pray in Jesus' name that you will continue to lead each and every one of us to a place in our walk where we hunger and thirst for that opportunity to spend time with you and to pray. Um, Even if it is going through trials and tribulations and difficulties and seeing things that we don't want to see, experiencing things that we don't want to experience, being put in very, very troubling circumstances where we have to depend and indeed need to depend on each other's prayers. And it's such a wonderful thing to have so many brothers and sisters out there that are willing to set aside special time and pray for one another, as I do every single listener of this radio show. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name with, with every single listener of this program, I pray in accordance with Matthew eighteen nineteen. And I ask everybody to pray this along with me, because if, let me tell you something, folks, please believe me. If you don't think you need to pray this, well, I, let's just say I wouldn't want to be in your shoes in the next couple of years if we're here that long. Matthew eighteen nineteen says, Jesus said, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, I was wondering about this scripture earlier today. You know, it doesn't say you have to be gathered together, does it? No. If two of you agree on earth... So that basically means you could be agreeing over Google Hangouts. You could be agreeing over Facebook Messenger. You can be agreeing over an email. If any two people agree together in a prayer on, you know, what it is they're praying for on earth, 
which I'm pretty sure that's the planet we're on. Pretty sure. And not that I'm especially pleased about it, but that's okay. You know, we'll just add that to the thorn in the flesh collection. Uh, but um, but praise God, you know, I I just love this so much because I'm going through a lot of icky things. I'm just going to leave it at that. I won't get explicit. I have some more colorful colloquialisms I'd like to throw in there because they add a little bit of color to the situation. But um, that's exactly what I did. I had a text messenger, and somebody that I like to pray with was – they're just so overwhelmed. I'm just going to leave it at that. They're, they're more – they're as overwhelmed in what, the, what it is that God has them doing, that they're comparable to my same level of overwhelmedness, if there is such a word. And I don't care if there is because, like I said, I'm a consultant, and I can make up words, and then I charge you more. I'll double the, double the price. All right, but anyway, um, this particular, you know, I I asked, you know, in a little blurb in the text messenger, I said, can you please pray for this, that, and the other thing because this, that, and the other thing is happening and it's not really bad, and if it does happen, it's going to be like super duper bad and everything. And then time went by, and the person said, you know, um, I'm in agreement! Exclamation point. So this person's like so busy, they don't have time to like stuff, um, you know, a, a, a teaspoon of cereal in their mouth. They're just going nuts. But anyway, I, I thought about that, and I was thinking to myself, you know, Matthew eighteen nineteen doesn't say that you've got to be gathered together. If just two of you agree on planet Earth, and I was like, wow. So I actually took a, a screenshot, a little snapshot of that communication, and I used my little meme-generating app, and I put math, the scripture, Matthew eighteen nineteen at the top of it, and then at the bottom, I put Matthew eighteen nineteen, and I circled in red, I'm in agreement. And I thought, well, there you go. If two, two or more of you are in agreement on planet Earth, well, we, we're stuck here, so we might as well be in, in agreement. So I pray in Jesus' name you join me in this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that amidst all of our faults, all of our our faults, our shortcomings, the things that we should do that we haven't been able to muster up either the courage or, you know, we're not worthy. We really, really, truly aren't worthy. And there is not a thing we can do to make ourselves more worthy. But we're going to keep on trying, Father. Because John 3, 7, John, 1 John 3, 7 says, He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous. And he who sins willfully and habitually is sinning on account of the devil. It says of the devil, but you know, you know what that means. Doesn't mean like you're born from Satan and you have horns coming out of your head. It's not like that. Okay, you have to sometimes you got to use a little bit of common sense when you're reading the scripture, which is so absent in Georgianity. It's unbelievable. But anyway, um, the show started before. You know, Wednesdays are absolutely hectic as hectic can be, and that's putting it lately. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. God, okay, fill you with all joy and peace, okay? Okay, it says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, hold on a second. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy, and I just ran out of room. Dag it. 
How come post-it notes always run out before you can put the last word down? Spirit. I'm going to smush, smush, smush it. That's a special word, smush. Okay, Holy Spirit. So, and now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All righty then. I like that. I like that one a lot. So I'm going to pull my little thing out of the way here and open up this drawer full of junk. It's not really junk. It's just a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm the king of junk drawers. Most people look at it and go, good Lord, man, you must clean that out. What kind of a you – know, and I'm going, look, man, I'm a single man. I have no talents whatsoever when it comes to cleaning or house duties or whatever. So uh, you're just going to have to deal with it. All right, hold on just a second. Ugh, here we go. All right. Now, see, I can't, re- I can't read it over there. That ain't going to work. That's not going to work. I can put it over there, but that's going to close off that. If I put it there, it's going to close up my serenity prayer thing. I'm going to have to find another place to put it for right now. I'll just leave it right there, covering up the screen of my amateur radio. <clears throat> that, that's not going to last long there. I'll have to find another place to put it. I don't know where. But I love that. I, what a great way to close the show. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that. Hallelujah. That's Romans fifteen thirteen. Praise God. All right. So sometimes these little scripture cards that I have on these, I flip them. You know, every once in a while, I, excuse me, I'll flip them. Well, yeah, there's a stack on the left, stack on the right, and I'll pick up each stack one by one, and then I'll flip to the next card. Uh, the one on the left says, "My peace I give to you. Do not, uh, I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid." Which is, uh, of course, uh, John uh, fourteen twenty-seven. Um, you know, it's you know, I will say this: Jesus certainly did um, put a lot of effort into telling us not to be afraid. So what does that tell you? Yeah. It's pretty self-explanatory. All right. So anyway, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, whether it's live or Memorex, recorded or a podcast or streaming through a browser that isn't working for somebody on a particular mobile device, and they have to close it down and open up either a different browser or the same browser and try again. Whatever the case is, Father, we just come before you and we pray. Please. Please, Father. Account us worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, Jesus, at the wedding supper. In Jesus' name we pray and agree together on earth. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just give you all the praise, worship, glory, honor. You are awesome. We praise you. The difficult times, we praise you for the good times, which are getting fewer and farther between, Father. Hint, hint. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we need a little bit of good times Uh, But anyway, um, we just give you all the glory, Father And we thank you and we pray that you will not delay Do not delay In the name of Jesus, please do not delay For if you hadn't cut the time short There would be no flesh saved And boy, does it appear that that time is closing in real fast for all of us All right, praise Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Father Amen
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus to the rescue. Our Father to the rescue. The angels to the rescue. All of heaven's power and authority to the rescue. The holy fire of God, which I'm calling down in cluster bombs right now. Think I'm kidding? <laughs> I'm not. It was funny. I was talking to Elena, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, I don't know why, but I just, you know, was praying, you know, going through my ever-growing prayer list. It appears that I am now the prayer list king of the world. <laughs> but you know you're on holy ground. You're on holy ground. You know, even though you look at that next request that comes in and you say to yourself, how am I going to squeeze that in? But you do. But you do. Because you're on holy ground. And, and God wouldn't put that person in front of you. God didn't want you praying for him. And that is coming from our Father. Okay, so that, you know, you you got to make the time. Um, I'm, you know, I have the 400 list that I sometimes read the names out loud, very rarely. It takes a long, long time. Uh, and now I've got another one that's gaining on it. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, folks are waking up. They're, and they're worried. You know, they're worried about their kids. They're worried about their own situations. They're, you know, and um, I'll tell you, I'll share this with you. For you moms... Especially you moms, because you've got that DNA thing going on. Dads are lucky. We're very blessed because we don't have that DNA thing going on. The, the, the moms have some kind of God-given DNA that causes them to just, they can't help it. They worry. Worry, 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 worry. They worry about their sons. They worry about their daughters. They worry about their sons and daughters' kids. They worry about everything. Worry, worry, worry. And they want to see their kid go rushing to the front of the church, fall to their knees in front of the pastor, and just start bawling for Jesus in front of everybody. They want to see that. And um, I'm a guy, you know, in case you hadn't figured that out, albeit, albeit you know, abnormal in so many different categories that, that you know, floor six of Tanaka Hospital would probably reject me. But anyway, the point is that I don't have that DNA. So with my daughter... I have absolutely no 
desire what I know you're going to flip out. You, the, 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 the moms that are listening right now are going to literally do backflips. They're going to be like, that Johnny backflip is absolutely insane. I can't listen to him anymore. Where's the off button? Kill the browser. Oh, my gosh. You know, but as a guy, as a dad, and with my daughter, I simply pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, save her soul. You know, moms get all worried about things like, oh, I don't want them to be left behind. I don't want them to be here for the great tribulation. I don't want them, this to happen to them or that to happen to them or ha- have to experience CBDCs or, or this or that or, you know, or get thrown into a FEMA camp. You know, they want instant gratification. They want their sons and their daughters to literally, like I said, throw themselves right prostrate right in front of the pastor and go, Jesus! And they want the whole church to see it. I just, you know, I just say, Father, I just put, I pray for my daughter exactly the same way as I pray for everybody else, and it's a big list. Okay, I just want them to be saved. Look, if if there's going to be so many people, let's just hope that it's not us. It could be us. It could be us. We're not greater than our master. You know, we would like to believe that we're going to be like Elijah, and, and you know, look, Elijah went through a lot of bad things too. Okay, so there's, you know, I don't know. You know, a lot of people will say all kinds of different things. And naturally, why wouldn't we all, all, every one of us, wish, want that we could leave on, you know, the first ship out of here? You know, the Church of Philadelphia or whatever. The barley harvest, okay? Um, I think the Church of Philadelphia uh, uh, text in Revelation 3, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, 3, uh, 10, 9, 8, it's probably around 8, Seven six. Uh, I think it's a metaphor for uh, the barley harvest and the wheat harvest combined. I, it's just my, that's just my two cents. And I also don't subscribe to the 144,000 stuff that you see happening all over the place. I have people sending me all kinds of stuff, you know, YouTube videos and all this kind of stuff, and people making proclamations and writing all kinds of long dissertations about the 144,000 or this and 144,000 or that. And I'm like, no, I don't agree. I'm, I'm a literalist. I don't buy that. Um, you know, the only way, and besides, why in the world would somebody equate themselves, equate, you know, themselves with someone who was part of 12,000 people from an original group of Israelites? And I mean, it just, it so totally doesn't add up at all. It doesn't add up at all. But there's so many people, it's just an un countable number of people out there that 144,000, I'm like, why? Why? So anyway, I I I I've already got my mind made up on that, and I'm not switching my mind around on that one. But if somebody wants to come go walking around, I already know what's going to happen. I've told the story many times about Larry, and how Larry called me up, and I was sitting on a couch, or not the couch, a, a tan recliner in my living room, all alone. And it was just one of those days where I was all I just had one of those many 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 days that I was all bummed out because I was just sure I wasn't going to make the rapture. At the time, I only thought there was one iteration. And um, and then uh, you know, and and, and then uh, uh, Larry goes, you know, and he he always talked kind of funny. He was like, you know, hey John, you know John, you know, do this, John, do that, John. And um, you know, he he said, he said, well, I'll tell you what. The next time I go to heaven and I see the Father, I'm going to go ahead and I'll pray for you, John. I'll give you some of my blessings, some of my rewards. He goes, when you get there, John. 
John, now listen to me closely. When you get there, they're going to take you into a special room, and they're going to ask you, do you want to go to eternal rest, or do you want to take the mission? Take the mission, John. Take the mission. That's what Larry said. And I'm not going to, you know, don't want to mess with Larry. You know that song, uh, Bad, Bad, Leroy Brown, the baddest Larry in the whole dang town. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he isn't like that. But I'm just saying, you know, the impression that he left on me at the time. And I, and I just somehow knew it because I was already talking. We were already doing the Peterson Chronicles from years and years ago uh, when we used to do them on Saturday mornings. And um, – you know, and, and Peterson was talking about the Yu-Gi-Oh thing and uh, special superpowers and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, starting to connect the dots. And I had all these people. I just a good, uh, I would say, a healthy count of people that I trusted very much were um, hearing well from the Father, hearing well from God. And more and more of them started coming out. One would come out and say, I'm, I was just told by the Holy Spirit that I'm one of the two witnesses. And then another one would come out, you know, I was just told that I'm part of the 144,000. And all of a sudden, you know, and it's just going yada, 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 yada. And just went on and on and on forever. And then, you know, Larry's like, you know, take the mission, John. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute, I've got to put this all together. And I'm like, it's all like, like a big, you know, you know, three bean salad flying around in my head. And I'm trying to sort it all out and put it in order. And my personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion, and I'm sticking with it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Too bad. Tough bananas. Okay. You can take some of the, you know, uh, you know, what is it called? Uh, Tom Cog guy soup from my Thai buffet from, from me or something. Who knows? But anyway, I'll just sneak back the next day and get some. But um, I, I, I went through this period of time. I don't know how long it was, but it was a good period of time, probably about a week, 10 days, where I was dwelling on this weird dynamic where people were felt that they were part of 144,000 or they felt that the Lord had told them that they were part of the two witnesses. Now, the two witnesses thing I got right away, the 144,000, I did not. It didn't really matter to me. I didn't care because it was six of one half dozen of another. And you're like, what do you mean, John, six of one half dozen of another? No, what I mean is it doesn't mean anything. First and foremost, 144,000 thing. Like I said, I'm a literalist. And if it says 12,000 from this tribe and 12,000 from that tribe of Israel, and it says they're virgins and blah, 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 not defiled with women, I, I ain't even going to go there. The people will come up with the wildest, wackiest notions, and they will, they'll, they'll tell everybody. They'll put it in their papers. They'll send the white papers out and everybody. And people will be like, you know, I'm like, no. If they want to believe it, they can believe it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to play that game. Homie, don't go there. Now, However, when I did start putting everything together, and I remembered Larry going, take the mission, John. And, and I looked at all of the players, you know, all the actors, all the groups that are involved, you know, the foolish virgins, the wise virgins, the, you know, those that have the seal of God on their forehead in the great tribulation that don't get stung by the locust. Those are obviously the tribulation saints. That's another group. Uh, I didn't even know about the, the breakup of the three, three different groups. Now, now, the, now, 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 the grape harvest in Revelation 14, that is during the great tribulation. So that must be... Those who have the seal of God on their forehead when the locusts come from outer space. They don't come out of the pit. The smoke rises out of the pit. It goes up into the sky. It covers the sun. And then through the smoke come the locusts from outer space. Okay. 
Hopefully I got my point across. But anyway, um, you know, who are they? You know, they got to be part of the grape harvest, obviously. Okay, because you're deep in the deep into the you're way past the wrath period of God. Re- Revelation six seventeen and and the, and the day of His wrath has come, and who is able to stand? You're way past that. You are now deep into the great tribulation. You're deep into the World Economic Forum global reset, where they've taken away everything that you ever thought you had, put you in a fifteen minute city, and now they're lining people up like the first uh, version of uh, uh, you know uh, what was it called the, the, the time machine, and they're and like they're blowing that horn at siren, and all the people in orange are like walking with a dazed look on their face right into the caverns where they're about to get eaten by the I don't even know what they called them. But they were creepy-looking creatures, and the special effects were absolutely horrible. And if we watched it today, we'd be so bored we'd fall into a, some kind of a coma. That's why I don't recommend But, you know, who knows? Maybe you like, like, super-duper, duper-duper-duper old movies, and, you know, you feel led to watch it. But they would some, – some kind of a, I don't know, horn or something would blow, and they'd all kind of go into a trance and walk. They had worn suits on, you know, kind of like the Krishnas. Uh, you know, anyway, so, um, so my personal belief, and I'm sticking with it, is the barley harvest and ultimately the wheat harvest, those two uh, iterations of the rapture, the barley harvest would, of course, be the first watch. And I've given my testimony about the first watch and the key and how it fit into the uh, escape pod located in my garage that I had bought at Sears because I was afraid I was going to die in the Deepwater Horizon event because well-known Christians were telling everybody I was. And I'm like sitting there like, you know, oh, talk about a sheep. Just call me Herman. Anyway, uh, and that joke will go right over your head unless you just happen to listen to Super Sheep. Okay, and it is out there. Somebody sent me a link to Super Sheep. I know who it was. It was West Coast Walter. I'm going to try to search for it again, see if it's still out there. It might be, and it might not be. Super Sheep. Comedy. Should have said Christian Comedy. It's by Ken Davis. Looks like it is out there. And it's the full stand-up comedy special. So if you type Super Sheep, one word, space, comedy... The second one down says Ken Davis, Super Sheep, full stand-up comedy special. So here it is. I can't believe it. As long as this page doesn't Oh, man, of course I have. Four, three, two, one, skip. Okay, here it is. A little boy sat at his desk, totally baffled, working on a paper for school. After a while, he climbed down from the chair and he went into where his mom was fixing dinner and he said, Mom, where did I come from? His mother froze. She had been meaning to talk to her son about this subject, but she was busy with dinner and this was not the time nor the place. Well, fast forward. And I found a verse. I was so excited. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Lion, that's what I mean. Those animals that walk with their shoulders moving like that and look with hatred. See, I have a cat. I hate cats. I'm sorry. I hate cats. No. No. I, I, don't, I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit working in hearts here. James Dobson mentioned that he didn't like cats. His giving went way down. <laughs> 
And I know some of you love cats, but the truth of the matter is, I see you shaking your head, dear, but they're not loving animals. My dog is a loving animal. I can be gone for three weeks and come home, and that dog is right there going, oh, oh, oh. I'm so glad to see you. Come and see what I've done. I come home after the same disappearing time, my cat sitting in my chair going, I was here first. <sighs> Someone has said this, that sin is defined as anything that drives us to be independent from God. I want it to be something that didn't need God. You see, if you haven't already caught on, the first reason why we need to be driven to a day-by-day, minute-by-minute commitment to Jesus Hurry up! Get to the Herman story! Come on. Lord, this is the problem. I put on my jogging outfit and I ran around the lake near our home, same lake I was beaten on. This is much, much later. I ran around that lake praying to God out loud. I think that's what he means when he says, pray without ceasing, that you can pray anytime. And I ran around that lake praying, God, I don't want to be a sheep. Don't make me be a sheep. How come I have to be a sheep and the devil gets to be a lion? Lord, this isn't fair. And I see some kind of stern looks, some of you. I don't know what you're thinking. How come you weren't kneeling when you pray? (laughs) Well, you try and go around that lake, it hurts your knees really bad. I believe God wants us to pray without ceasing all the time. Uh, So I'm running around the lake yelling, Lord, I don't want to be a sheep. You know what's fascinating? You pray a prayer like that while you're running around a lake, people don't run with you. (laughs) They don't even come near you. They give you a lot of space to run all by yourself. I often wonder what my name People came into your house and said those words. Come on, where's the Herman story? Honey, I got some old socks. I'll just cut them you know how they go. <laughs> Are you like me? Do you ever... No, on a bus once, when I was just graduated from, from Bible Institute, I just won't follow Jesus Christ. Walking in the barnyard, and I saw him walking by the edge of the barn. Oh, it's his Herman. His little geeky feet going in the same Herman. way. It's he Herman. He was an old sheep, and so he was breathing, his little tongue hanging out. I looked for something to hit him with. I was just going to not, not... You know, I wasn't going to hurt him real bad. I just wanted to say, don't ever do that again. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't lift the barn. He was closer now. I'd have dropped that barn right on him. I went up to the edge of the barn and hid by the corner. I could hear his little breath coming. He stuck his head out, didn't see me, and then evidently he must have caught me out of the corner of his eye because he froze, and I went, boo, and he died. Anyway, he talks a lot about uh, Herman. It is funny toward the end. It's actually a really good little skit. But anyway, it is available now. Surprise, surprise, surprise uh, on YouTube if you just type Super Sheep. As a matter of fact, Gomer's here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Ken Davis Super Sheep. So you can type in, you can just type in Ken Space Davis Space Super uh, Space Sheep. He doesn't make it a one word like I did. But anyway, it's right there. So uh, it is funny and it's definitely worth worth, uh, a listen. Praise God. All right. So anyway, uh, where was I? I got to get back on track. All right. So. 
Uh, looking at the time, we got a good amount of time for the amount of news that we have. We don't have a lot of change. Uh, deltas, no, there are some that are very important, yes, uh, but uh, there are not. They're not as big as some of the stuff that we typically do have. So, um, I always get a little antsy and pacey, and I'm like, oh, you know, because I I want you know things to move along. And right now they're talking about Hamas wants to four more days of truce. And, of course, Israel's going to say, oh, you just want to rest up and restock your weapons. And that's ah, going to start all over again. But anyway, we're un- the, the things that are happening now, let's just recap them real quick. The Ukraine war continuing forward. Uh, you know, almost you could almost refer to it as the forgotten war, but I'm sure something will pop up over there. The Israel the Israel war, the continuous threats with Iran. We talked a little bit about the uh uh the the uh um jet the jet uh, sorties that were flown in to test the radar and the Russian the Russian and the Iranian radar and they they passed. So it looks like they are practicing to get ready to launch those two nuclear missiles into the base of the Fordow Mountain like we talked about on the last program. Praise God. Which of course will escalate into World War 3. Now, who knows how fast we don't know. How long is this going to drag out? We don't know. Uh, could it drag out to the point where we're absolutely going nuts? Probably. All right. I wish it wouldn't, but, it, you know, well, it's just kind of how things go. Anyway, uh, the Trump indictments, the presidential run, is it going to happen? Many of the experts say no. There isn't going to be a 2024 election. Many people are saying yes. Uh, evidently, the Simpsons have predicted that there would be a 2024 election. And, you know, the Simpsons, they got a better batting average than most of the uh, people in the house of the prophet of, you know, the house of a prophet of God, um, which is kind of a bummer, really, when you think about it. But anyway, that's you know, neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, Biden impeachment, uh, Hunter, Hunter horrors, pedophile networks, instant, uh, P- pizza gates going crazy again. They got a, lot, a whole, just a uh, people that are just dedicated to, you know, to really blowing the whistle on all that, all the child stuff, all the pizza gate stuff. So that's, that's big. I don't like it. I don't want to hear about it. I already, I knew about that stuff long before anybody ever heard about pizza. I mean, that kind of pizza. Uh, the, 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 nothing ever happened with the Twitter files and the censorship industrial complex. Nothing happened. The FBI whistleblower testimonies ratting out the J6 false flag. Nothing happened. The J6 false flag itself, inside job. Nothing happened. All the videos were released. Well, 40,000 of the 44,000 or 48,000 of whatever. Nothing happened. Alien disclosure. They're fighting over it now in Congress. Nothing happened. 2020 bogus fraudulent election, a domino lawsuit, Tucker Carlson's removal, uh, the wokeness. <laughs> I have a little rubber thing, little thing on my, I can put it on my bracelet, whatever, I got it uh, off the internet. It was, it, it, actually, it came with something, I, a t-shirt that I got it. And, but you get the BLM stuff, the LGBT stuff, the, the maiming of the children and all that kind of horrible stuff, especially pr- uh, predominant in the state of California, just absolutely horrible. The World Economic Forum, they want us to eat the bugs. Now, that they, now they have gotten a hold of the people that own and operate the Tyson Foods uh, facility. So, yeah. Yep, yep. Tyson owns a whole lot of other brand names, so, yep. And they're using special code numbers, like H809, for certain types of bug parts, <laughs> okay? So now you got to become an expert on all the different bug uh, numbers. Cyber blackout of the power grid. There's already cyber stuff going on. There was a cyber attack on a water plant in Pennsylvania uh, recently, like yesterday or something like that. And they're, they're like, we were not compromised. We were not compromised. You were not in any kind of risk at all. And by the way, that's a canned statement. 
the next pandemic. Well, I put the next pandemic in here a long time ago. This is weeks and weeks and weeks, well, a very long time ago, probably probably more like six months ago. So that is now being made manifest. Now, is it going to turn into the next big pandemic, the Sears thing, the catastrophic contagion that we were covering earlier uh, on the prior show especially? We don't know. See, the, the forces of darkness, they like to keep us on our toes. They want to make uh, fools out of us. And, you know, reptilians are extremely intelligent. And, you know, fallen angels, they're fallen angelic beings. Okay, they are the, you know, fallen seraphim, and the seraphim are the creatures, the dragon creatures that fly around the throne room of God, and they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who is and was and is to come. Those are seraphim. Okay, but when they fall, they become draconians, or they're they're a, you know, um, non-winged kin, uh, the regular reptilians. And and people might ask the question, hey, you know, why are there so many different species and makes and models of reptilians? Well, I've come to the conclusion through my research, I could be wrong, uh, that they are uh, the different species of reptilians all come from the time that the Anunnaki races were dorking around with their DNA and uh, created multiple ones as worker uh, races to mine the gold 400,000 years ago, which tracks back on a Sumerian's king's list. Now, I also forgot, uh, let me let me think, oh, uh, what was it? I'm trying to remember what, what it was. There was one, one thing, it's right on the tip of my tongue. The, Heavenly Father, please return it to my to the forefront of my mind that I can talk about it. Praise Jesus. 15-minute cities, CBDCs, digital IDs, that stuff's all going full swing. We just, we just don't see it coming. And there are a lot of people that are experts on these sort of things, and they're all claiming that at least they believe. Oh, I know what it was. It was about the 144,000 and the two witnesses. I've got to talk about this real quick. So Larry says, you know, take the mission, John. And then it hit me. In my Bible, the bride goes up. She goes to the wedding supper. And as far as I can tell, in all the readings that are associated with the wedding supper, those that are in Revelation 12, uh, the the metaphors that are baked into Matthew 22, um, many different places, um, they all go up. We all go up at the same time. So, you know, if you're holy and chosen by God and righteous and holy and chosen by God to do things on behalf of the heavenly office of God and on behalf of the people that are stuck here, the great harvest, et cetera, and the people that, you know, and all that. During the great tribulation, during the great tribulation, so here's where the uh, Peterson um, stuff comes in, you know, because he was talking about all the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff and the superpowers. And he, 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 you know, through watching Yu-Gi-Oh, he had envisioned somehow that there was going to be a group of Christians of some type on the earth during the Great Tribulation that would have like X-Men superpowers and they could raise their hands and fire would shoot out of their hands and they could help the other people. Because Peterson just has that kind of a vivid imagination. Or, or... Maybe that's the mission, because he kept on saying, take the mission, John. They're going to take you into another room and ask you, do you want to go into eternal rest or do you want to take the mission? You've got to tell them, take the mission, John. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Start, this is, something is gelling here. Oh, 
What if that's the Yu-Gi-Oh! superpower thing? What if the bride goes up all at the same time, we all go through the wedding ceremony and all that, we eat this really – because remember, the time delta between heaven and earth is shocking. (laughs) Stupefying is a better word. Okay, so the time delta is unbelievable. All right, so so trying to map the time – you know, how much time passes by on Earth while we're chowing down at the wedding supper? Anybody want to venture a guess? Don't bother. You'll be wrong anyways. All right. Just like I would be wrong if I tried. All right. The point I'm trying to make here is why would God have these? Now, I'm just going to use terminology to make a point. It, you know, don't, don't take it to heart. Don't think nothing. I'm just absorb the point I'm trying to make. If you are holy and righteous, so holy and righteous that Jesus Christ himself, the, our God, okay, has our Lord and Savior, the lover of our souls, has chosen you to be part of his bride, why wouldn't you be at the wedding supper? And and those of us who know anything about the end times and the timing of the end times and all that kind of stuff, times, times, half a time, 42 months, uh, uh, you know, uh, 1,260 days, um, uh, you know, uh, 3.5 years, and really one hour. One hour is also another metaphor for the period of the Great Tribulation, if you know your stuff. And um, when you know what that time frame is for the Great Tribulation, I don't get into the seven-year thing. Sorry, I don't, I don't get into the seven-year thing. I know a lot of people love the seven-year thing. I can show you some very, very comprehensive studies, and I'm not going to bother because I'm way too busy, and I'm not going to look them up. But they're out there, and you can hunt them down if you want to. But there are extremely exhaustive studies about the last seven years, and, and some of those studies are not the typical 3.5-year, 3.5-year dynamic. Oh, there's a period of 3.5 years where things are kind of bad, but we're going to leave before then. Because God doesn't want to harm his bride, and he, and he surely doesn't want her to be subject to CBDCs and uh, digital IDs and eating bugs and all that other stuff. Or, so it is my personal belief that if you're that holy and righteous that Jesus has chosen you to be his bride, you're going to the wedding, whether you like it or not. You better like it or else you might not. But my point is this. Why would a group of specially chosen Christians, chosen by who knows, the four and twenty elders maybe, I don't know, and, and, and sent back down to earth during the Great Tribulation to help those poor other Christians, the foolish virgins or whatever, that didn't make it, the grape harvest, the third watch, to help them deal with all the horrors associated with the Great Tribulation, which are going to be unspeakable. I don't even want to repeat them. It's going to make the Stephen King movie, The Mist, look like, uh, uh, you know, a sleeping beauty. But anyway, if you use a little bit of common sense, there's just like no way there's going to be two groups of super Christians that just, they don't get raptured. They don't... um, they don't get raptured. They don't, uh, uh, you know. Uh, they don't get raptured. They don't. They don't get to go to the wedding supper. They don't get married to Jesus. None of that stuff. They just hang out on Earth, and they help out the people that are stuck in the Earth. The other, you know, the grape harvest. Okay, okay. Two witnesses, one hundred forty-four thousand. They get. To, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. 
Now, what does make sense is Jesus brings his entire bride up there to get married. The wedding supper with all the guests takes place. And then after we're all nice and full, if you do get full there, I don't know if you do get full. I hope Hopefully you don't get full. Then I can just stay at the Thai buffet and I don't have to worry about going anywhere. But anyway, then... Doesn't it make more sense that Jesus brings us all up? We get married. We have had the wedding supper. There's the there's the award ceremony where Zen Garcia gets the award for figuring out the uh, uh, some of the harder things to figure out, and he get you know he gets a bag of Andy's candies, and then I, mean, I don't know maybe I get a half a bag of Andy's, whatever. Who cares? But at the end of the day, doesn't it make more sense that they all that we all go up? We are we all were deemed part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Well, let's just believe that we are. We're going to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, then. Guess what? Then they say, do you want to take the mission? And then a bunch of people decide to take the mission. The fire shooting out of the mouth of the um uh, of the three uh, of the two witnesses, which is not the not two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv, shooting fire out of their mouths for 1260 days while an Abrams A1 tank, you know, shoots at them, and everybody goes, "Wow!" Uh, you know, and then oh, too many crickets. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I even wrote an article one time. It was called "Common Sense Trib and Trump, Trumpet Trib and Trumpet." Uh, Bible interpretation, uh, whatever. But you know, my point was, folks, please, when you're when you're looking at these things, try to use a little bit of common sense when you're thinking about it. What when you when you're imagining in your heart what the scenario might actually be. I believe that 144,000 and the two witnesses, two witnesses being those that are the witnesses of God and Jesus, the Jews, or the olive tree, and the lampstand, okay, which would be the Christians, okay? It, what is the, what are the wise virgins, the wise virgins? What do they have? In, they have a, what do they have? They have a lamp, don't they? They have extra oil in a vessel. They have a lamp. Their lampstand. Lamp. Get it? It all connects together. Everything makes sense. The words have harmony. It, it, it's, it, it's awesome. Okay, so anyway, um, that I believe that, that, that they are a subset of the bride, and they accept the mission. They get sent back down to Earth, and then they do the X-Men superhero, you know, fire shooting out of their hands, you know, because fire, holy fire of God is a weapon. So, like I like I, I mentioned that I was praying for Eleni the other day, and I knew she was going through a lot of really crummy stuff. So I called down cluster bombs of holy fire. I was like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare cluster bombs of holy fire to explode all around Elena's house, all around Elena's work, all around her, in the name of Jesus, to completely disintegrate and and you know and just went. And then it was it was fascinating because like several hours later, she I don't know texted me or something. She was like, Man, I just ran about I don't know seven thirty or something. I I just got so much peace. I was going through so much turmoil and problems with work and making payroll and all kinds of money that was behind on insurance and this and that, and all this other stuff. And I was, and as I said to her, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I said, that was right around the time I was calling down the Holy Fire cluster bombs on you. And she laughed. But anyway, um, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So again, we got all these things going on. We know the FEMA camps are going. Have you seen the videos? Have you, Do you hang out on Twitter at all? Do you do any doom scrolling? There's amazing. I mean, as far as the eye can see, in China, they got these blue skyscraper FEMA camp uh, containment quarantine areas that they're building. I mean, literally, as far as the eye can see, there's got to be enough capacity for a, probably a million or more people, probably way more. Um, then you have uh, the, the white versions of those. And many of those are, are in Australia. 
But they're also being erected all over the United States. Plus, there have been FEMA camps by the hundreds located all over the United States, mostly on military bases. But some of them are standalone facilities, and they can do makeshift FEMA camps by using uh, what's called spooled circumteen wire. They put these giant spools on the back of a pickup truck, and they throw a, a starter piece out into the grass, and then they drive the pickup truck really, really fast around the outside of a gigantic field, and they just throw everybody inside the circumteen wire. Can't get through it. You're stuck there. And then they just throw chicken wings at you. You know. Oh, you're hungry, are you? Well, here's one chicken wing for you 30. Or whatever the case is. But do we want to be here? No, we don't want to be here. But remember, take the mission. Take the mission. The impression that I got from Larry was that by virtue of you taking the mission, it came with very, very impressive eternal rewards. What that all means, I don't know. But I got that impression, and it was really strong. So I'm going to take the mission. I don't care how beaten up I am. I don't care how tired I am. I don't care how full I am from, uh, uh, from my panning chicken, okay, <laughs> whatever, or my Andy Scandies. All right, so um, more more th- things to watch. So again, we want to watch for the t- the Trump e- election if it happens. We don't know the removal of Trump. That was also a Simpsons prophecy, uh, and also some other godly people's prophecies as well. Uh, United States Civil War, probably European Union. We we heard a bunch of that uh, yesterday as well. I mean, I'm sorry, the last radio show as well. I st- I even stopped uh the, you know the the audio so I could call it out. Uh, we know that they're going to be ground based new set off that are going to be reminiscent of the highly prophetic movie known as Jericho. Interesting choice of titles, isn't it? Jericho, where in that particular TV series, 20, I believe it was 20 to 22 individual cities had been blown up by ground-based nuclear bombs. Yep. Highly, highly uh, prophetic that. And according to uh, Sister uh, Terry Hill, the Lord impressed upon her heart that Washington, D.C., New York City, Miami, Chicago, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, San Diego, Boston, Baltimore, Las Vegas, Denver, Houston, and Dallas and Phoenix are all included in that list. And I've I've also studied some other uh, prophetic sites that have lists as well, and they all seem to line up. Terry seems to have the largest group of cities. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And we also found out that well, it was, uh, you know, Sister Baxter seemed to think uh, that Chicago was one of those for sure. So we'll have to wait and see how that all goes down. And I, I hope we leave. I just I, I want to get out of here. I know you do, too. Who wants to be on this alien demon infested rock? Not me. Kids, you want to be on this alien demon infested rock? Come on, tell the truth. Okay, cool. Um, uh, let's see here. Power grid outages, more pandemics. We see that stuff queued up. Cosmic ob- object hitting the other side of the sun, causing more power grid out- outages, or are they one and the same? Meteor showers causing oil and gas fires all the way from Texas through the Virginians. Okay, collapse of the United States petrodollar, which is in progress. Okay, Saudi Arabia, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. War, North Korea, sinking of view at United States aircraft carrier. We touched upon that on the last show. Direct missile attacks on foreign troops. We, know, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen. Israeli jets launched tactical nukes at the Fordow facility. We played the prophecy from Dr. David O'Rourke about that. Major man-made biological attacks. Those haven't even happened yet because Sarah Manet saw chemical attack. Uh, just horrible stuff. You know, just, uh, I, I don't know if 
it's very, very scary, creepy stuff. I don't even, I don't want to be here for that stuff. I, who would? All right. Um, uh, um, it just keeps on going on. The, the skies do turn red all over the world, bright red, 24 hours prior to the meteor hitting off the coast of Puerto Rico, which causes a gigantic double mega tsunami and shakes the entire Earth, Isaiah 24, and makes it rock to and fro like a drunkard. Okay. Uh, and it also occurs at the same time in, in Ezekiel 38, verse, I believe it's 19. Look for a great earthquake in Ezekiel 38, and you will see that they both line up. So we know that the Gog and Magog invasion, or World War III, will be in progress when the Sixth Seal begins, because the Sixth Seal kicks off with that meteor hitting off the coast of Puerto Rico. It also causes the La Palma, Canary Islands volcano mountain, to collapse as well. So you get a double mega tsunami hitting the east coast of the United States. Supposedly, a number that came out in one of the prophecies was 22 million people will die. But it rains on the just and the unjust, so there will be a lot of Christians that were Isaiah 57-1 on that night. If I'm still here in Florida, which I pray in the name of Jesus that I'm not, but if I am, I will be Isaiah 57.1. I used to think that maybe I could ride my airbed over to to uh, to uh, get, uh, Galveston, but uh, no, I had to put the I had to put the Beach Boys song away. <laughs> oh, hallelujah! So anyway, um, kids, you ready for a joke? Yeah, all right, there we go, kids. Kids, what sports do horses like to play? What sport? What sport do horses like to play? Stable tennis. <laughs> stable tennis. Want to play a game of stable tennis? It's a round of stable tennis for everybody. All right, kids. What kind of snake would you find in a car? A windshield viper. You know, when your mom flips the little lever, you see a windshield viper going back and forth and 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 back and forth. But she never remembers to get dad to put the, oh, what is that stuff called? Oh, what is that stuff that comes in a yellow and the black squeezy bottle and you put it on there and you buff it on your windshield and everything beads up really nice? And I just love that stuff. Okay, kids, I kept thinking I could hear music coming from my printer. But it turns out it was jamming. Printer's jamming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, printer jamming. Rain-X. Thank you, West Coast Walter, for saving the day. Rain-X. I need to get off my lazy butt, and i got to get out there, and i got to buff my windshield with Rain-X. Praise Jesus. And i got to get my air conditioner fixed. I can't go through another hot summer like that. Oh, man. I'm so far behind on everything. Anyway, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hopefully, we'll get out of here. Uh, you know, maybe we'll... Maybe we'll get raptured before I have time to put Rain-X on my windshield. Mm. Ah, daggone it. All right. Well, I just it's worth a shot. All right. So uh, speaking of prophecies. Okay, so I get a prophecy a couple of days ago, and I open it up, and I'm reading it, and it says, my return is imminent. And I'm like, okay, this is for me. I need this one. And the prophecy goes, I was praying for a friend in another nation who said that she felt God was loosening her from the earth. 
I have also felt that. Then I realized since he has been separating all of us from some people that we did not really wish to be separated from, he may be – oh, by the way, that ex- a lot of people out there are going through unexpected divorces, cheating wives and spouses and all that kind of stuff. And um, the word on the prophecy side of our walk is that God is separating the sheep from the sheep. This is Ezekiel 34, 17. But you've got to use the New King James or the Amplified. The King James dorks it up. But if you use the New King James or the Amplified, it says, Ezekiel 34, 17 says, and I will separate the sheep from the sheep. Ah. Okay, so it goes, uh, the prophecy goes on, I am indeed setting my people free from the earth, my daughter. I am helping them tie up loose ends and get their affairs in order. I am removing the people and things that they were clinging to in order that they would be free when I call them to me. I'm like, uh, Jesus, let me make something perfectly clear. (laughs) There is no way I'm looking over my shoulder. I will be running so fast. Um, But anyway. It goes on to say, the earth's time is nearly done, my precious children. It labors under the heavy weight of so much sin and wickedness. Many of its souls are laden with innocent, uh, yes, souls, this is misspelled, are laden with innocent blood that should not have been shed. Much wickedness abounds in their leadership. Are you ready to run to me? Oh, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, we are. Do you long for my soon return, or are you asleep? Taking your rest, do you secretly hope that I will tarry, that you might enjoy the world's pleasures a little longer, so that you may achieve your worldly goals and take pride in them? In this moment, would you choose me or staying here a little longer? Get your lives in order, my children, for... Wait a minute. Get your lives in order, my children, for my return is closer than you imagine. I have told you in my word, I will come when you do not expect me. Do not think that you know when that is. Be ready at all times as wise virgins. My return is imminent. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then I get another one, like a day later or something like that. Um, And uh, this one was a repeat or a reprint or however it's, you know. And this one, so, so get this. So imagine you just read the one that I just read, right? My return is imminent. And you're like, you're, 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 you're happy, you're ecstatic, you're, you got joy above measure, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, we're getting out of here, we, it could be any minute, minute now, and man, you are just ready to take on the devil, you're, oh man, it's all, man, it's all good, you're ready, hallelujah. And then the very next one that comes out says, begin to live as if. And then it says, my children, a time of great lack approaches the earth. This will be a time when many, including many of my children, are without jobs. Many will be in need. Hunger shall abound and more people will be in need than not. I am allowing this time of lack to come to cause many lost to cry out to me and be saved. Those of you who have devoted yourselves to my word will understand how to navigate this time. Those of you who have ignored my word, who have not chosen me or my ways, will perish because you have continually chosen the world over me. If you you know this time approaches, I desire that you would begin to live as if you are already here, as it soon will be. Prepare yourselves in your lives to navigate it. Watch for it, as it is the first element of the storm that I have told you is coming. And I was like going, 
I was thinking to myself, man, that's a bummer. So I went right from like being, you know, praise Jesus, hallelujah, we're leaving any second now to, oh my gosh, I'm going to be starving. I won't even need keto and, and a 16 by 8 fast anymore. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Um, now, let me see here. Now, remember I played uh, that, that one, uh, uh, I don't know, senator or lawmaker, and he was all upset because he didn't let him uh, go into the skiff. You know, they were talking about the UFOs and, and more disclosure information, and he, he was just beside himself, and so is his assistant, whatever. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start it at the 12-minute mark, watching my time. Here we go, because Tucker Carlson is actually um, interviewing the very same lawmaker that was flipping out and mad because they didn't let him in a skiff to talk about the UFOs. Now, I am going to throw in some comments when he's talking. You know why? <laughs> because this guy has no idea what he's asking for. Tucker Carlson has no idea what he's asking for. They all want to know everything. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let me just give you – listen. He says something – just listen for it. He says something where, whereby he says, a lot of people have sent me stuff to help me understand. And he goes, and I think it's fake. They're trying to trick me and make an ass out, you know, basically an, an ass out of you and me, you know, a Zoom. Um, uh, but he's wrong. I would be willing, I, I don't know, I guess I don't, I am certain in my heart that this man was given legitimate information, legitimate photographs, legitimate data, and he just completely turned his back on it and said, no way. This is made up. This is bunk. This is baloney. Yeah, no way I'm going to believe this. But it was true. It was very true. The problem is these people like Tucker Carlson and this particular lawmaker and these other people that want to be in this gift and find out what's happening in the, in the unacknowledged special access programs with the aliens and, and, and the underground bases and the you know Magneto-Leviton train network and all the other creepy things, the Hall of Horrors and uh, experiments and, you know, and feeding ch children the reptilians and all this other horrible stuff. I, they, they don't want to believe in any of that. They don't want to see human bodies laying in the middle of a field with their eye sockets bored out. Oh, that has to be fake. No, it's not fake. And the problem is you aren't ready to hear the truth. Okay, I don't know if I have my sound effect, you know, queued up properly, but I wish I did right now because um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll try one more, one more sound effect screen. The D D D D D D D D Bongo Bear. No, that's not it. See, no, 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 it's not that, not that, not that, not that, not that. No, no, no. No, I don't have it. I, I mean, I do have it, but I don't have it queued up. But anyway, um, you can't handle the truth, which is the one I wanted. So I have, I'll just have to do my uh, <laughs> my best Jack Nicholson. All right, anyway, so let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of this yakety, yakety, yak, unfortunately misguided banter. All right, here we go. Hold on just a second here. Let me pull this up and play a little bit for you. I got to fast forward it to like the 12-minute mark. Called the UAP. Hold on a second.
I'm aware of it, and I've talked to people about it, but it's it's just another rabbit hole I go down. And I have to be real careful, Tucker, to be honest with you. Here because comes. You would not believe the amount of research and things I've gotten poured on me from all over the world. People send me books and, and photographs and things, and, of course, a lot of that is, I think, it's it's fake. Um, they're trying to get me to embarrass me further on this issue, but I'm, I'm not biting on all of it. I don't usually put any of it out, actually, just because, you know, I don't know if any of it's, if it's truthful or if it's, it's a government entity putting this garbage out to, um, to uh, discredit, you know, this community or what have you. It's a complete, um, it, it's just, it's, it shows the, the mistrust the public has of our government and, and for good reason. All right. I'm going to stop it at that point. If you want to listen to it, you can find it. It's episode number 42 of Tucker Carlson on Twitter. And you can listen to him go back and forth and back and forth. But really, at the end of the day, they really don't say anything that's very meaningful. They essentially just come to an agreement that something's up. They want to know whatever it is. And this guy goes on. You heard him. You heard what he said. I guarantee he saw stuff. The problem is he's wrong. It is real. But anyway, I've been studying this stuff for like 15 years. <clears throat> anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Also, uh, let's go into the news right now. Here we go. Thank Ladies you, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Stu Peters posts uh, this. uh, Actually, it's a retweet of some guy named Jake. And anyway, it says, the Department of Justice has ordered a sweep of Trump's Twitter data for everyone who liked, followed, or retweeted anything having to do with Trump. So now it's not good enough that you were at J6. It's not good enough. No, no, no. Now they're looking at all of Trump's information, electronic information, for anyone who liked what he said, who followed him, or who retweeted anything that he said. Are you on their watch list? I don't even know if I did ever follow the guy. Um, who knows? But anyway, praise God, they're coming after all of us. They, 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 look, it, it, if they're not going to use the World, World Health Organization United Nations Treaty, oh, there's so much stuff going on right now. Folks are getting so close to... Zero hour. It's unbelievable. Anyway, next one up. Praise God. All right, listen to this. Now, I don't know what this is, and I don't know where it comes from. I I have to do a little bit more research on it, but not today. Just no way, not today. All right, it was just a crazy day. But anyway, it says, vote yes on H.R. 1425. Again, it states, vote yes on H.R. 14. 1925, and then it talks about contact your member of Congress, and it shows where you can find your different congressional members and contact their offices and say, please vote yes for H.R. 1425, because evidently it will stop Joe Biden from signing the United States into foreign treaties without constitutional two-thirds vote. Okay? So anyway, um, uh, so... Uh, you can look it up on the internet. You can go to congress.gov, G-O-V, 
and you can look up HR1425. And then you can contact your member over on the right-hand side of the screen near the top. It says, find your member by address. And you can type in your address, and it'll tell you who your congressional member is in Congress, and then you can contact them. Uh, and uh, praise God. All right. And... <laughs> Okay. I got the message, Tracy. Thank you very much. God bless you. Um, uh, hallelujah. So anyway, um, so yeah, uh, so we, so there are a bunch of folks out there that think the government actually pays attention. <laughs> Silly them. And uh, they want us to all hurry up and tell our con congressional members to vote yes on H.R. 1425 to stop Biden from signing the United States into the treaties from the World Health Organization and the United Nations so that they can break down our front doors and throw us into these little quarantine camps when they release. They, and, and it's already in progress. The next pandemic is already in progress, folks. Already in progress. Already in progress. All right. So we'll just keep on moving. I, I covered that in great detail on the last program. And I'm going to touch upon more troubling information that is directly related to that. All right. Uh, in a few, few moments. All right. Um, also, there's a lady. Her name is Liz Crocken, C-R-O-C-K-I-N, Liz, L-I-Z, Crocken. She calls herself the Vampire Hunter. And she is on a rampage to release as much information as she can get on Pizzagate. Now, I know too much about Pizzagate, so I don't want to know anymore. There's things that you can hear and see that you can't unhear and unsee. Okay? Okay? So anyway, I, I will read this little ditty that she put up on Twitter because so she, she's trying to recruit people to join her in her mission to expose Pizzagate and all the people that were involved in it. As if it's going to, you know, no, I, we, we should all know by now that, it is, you know, that Glenn Beck got it right. Okay, that's really the way it is. Okay, here he is, Mr. Mr. Nothing Beck. Nothing happens. Nobody yeah. goes to jail. That's right. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. I know, we know. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for taking the time to call. But anyway, she says, Elon Musk comments on Pizzagate exposing the truth about it to his 165 million followers on X. Musk replied to tweets reporting that John Podesta's pal was arrested on child porn charges and, and post and a post pointing out a Media Matters founder. Okay, you maybe know by now that Elon Musk is suing the pants off of this organization called Media Matters, which is typically a you know GMO government organization that kind of organization that's put together by Soros and these other Jews that are not Jews and evil entities from the bowels of Sheol. All right, anyway, so it goes, Musk, re Musk replied in tweets reporting that John Podesta, you know, blah, 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 pointing out Media Matters founder David Brock uh, dated, James, uh, dated James Alifantis. So David Brock dated James? Well, nowadays, nothing is a surprise, right? And it says, who is the owner of the Comet Ping Pong? Well, evidently, Comet Ping Pong is the actual parlor where the Pizzagate events were occurring and where the passageways to the underground tunnels exist. It says the pizza joint at the center of Pizzagate. Then it goes on and says the FBI confirms that pizza is a pedophile code word in the College Station, Texas porn 
uh, child porn case. I explain how authorities and the Department of Justice have also confirmed that the pizza is a pedophile code word that investigators have been able to, to use to bust child sex predators because they use pizza as a pedophile code word to procure tr- uh, children for sex acts and child porn on online forums. I also discuss how Musk put a laser pointer on Tom Hanks who has faced child rape accusations and been called a pedophile by Hollywood insiders. Musk commented on a post on X that called Hank, quote, Hanks, quote, a mutilation, body sacrifice, cannibal, child rapist, reptilian, adrenal comb junkie. And uh, anyway, I almost kind of wish I hadn't read that because I've always liked Tom Hanks. And so just goes to show you. You don't know nothing. Not in this creepy world. Get us off this alien demon infested rock. Please, Jesus, come for us. You said yourself that the, you hadn't cut the time short. We'd all be killed. Well, here we are. We're waiting for you. We're looking up because our redemption draws nigh. Here we are. What do we need? Let's get some red and green flashlights and shine up and lasers. No, we don't. Don't. No. No. Don't do the laser thing. No. 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 Especially if you're near an airport like me, they'll come and get you. They will. They'll come and get you. All right. So, yeah, forget about the lasers. All right. Another headline. Praise Jesus. Oh, here we go. Australian Senator Alex Antic on the World Economic Forum. Let's listen to what he has to say. The time now is now 16 minutes after the hour. We are coming up on bringing Peterson live. Or will he be Memorex? How will you tell the difference? Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Here. Come on. Oh, here it is. 1971 by Klaus Schwab. The World Economic Forum is steeped in authoritarianism and... Just so you know, okay, this guy is actually an Australia senator. His name is Alex Antic. Let's listen to his antics. Marxist ideology. It's an ideology which is creeping into governments across the world. To quote Schwab himself when speaking about the Canadian Parliament... We penetrate the cabinets... So yesterday I was at a, rece- at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I would know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our uh, actually young global leaders of the world economy. Right. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm-hmm. I'm here with the president with a young global leader. The World Economic Forum promotes globalist issues such as climate change, so-called systemic racism and sexism, and creating an online digital identity. However, closer inspection reveals the World Economic Forum is an anti-capitalist, anti-free market organisation that seeks to subvert Western values and political processes. And they are very organised and very well funded. Their message is designed to appear harmless when in fact the ideology that underpins it is revolutionary and destructive. All right. So anyway, I'm going to hold off there because if by now you're a regular listener of this program and you don't know how satanic these entities are at the WEF, <laughs> and you haven't been paying attention. And you might say, well, well, you know, Johnny, if you would talk a little bit of slower, uh, maybe I'd be able to understand how, you know, some of the things at least that you're saying, but you talk too fast. And I am here to tell you that you are listening too slow. So you need to go ahead and get yourself an herbal supplement, and I'm going to give you a recommendation here. But if you have any kind of heart issues or, the, you know, you're not in top, tip-top physical condition, I do not recommend it for you. But I have it for me for one, on those days when I just cannot keep going and i got to keep going. And it's called Uhemben. 
Yohimbin, Y-O-H-I-M-B-I-N-E. And a little 5-milligram Yohimbin herbal supplement will wake you up like somebody stuck a cattle prod in your back. Let me tell you. Now, if you want something to wake you up that's not quite as powerful as that, then you can get American ginseng. I got the 1,800-milligram amount, and you take three of these to get the full 1,800, and you're going to have to wait, wait a while, but that'll get you going, too. It just won't make you, like, speak in strange Swahili dialects, okay, <laughs> like you Hinden will. All right, all right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. NASA weather warning for Sunday, November the 30th. They are predicting blackouts, according to the various sources that are out there. And it says uh, a new NASA and weather, uh, it says news, new news. NASA and weather experts have alerted that a solar storm. By the way, this is in our list of prophetic events, so let's pay attention-ish. You know, so I'm so busy doing my day job. I'm... Thank you, Jesus, for my day job. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for my... The Bible says that we're supposed to praise God for good things and bad things. Good and bad. Thank you, Jesus, for my day job. Thank you, Jesus, for... Okay. Earth on November 30th causing blackouts of radio and GPS signals, according to the Houdistan Times. Well, I'm here to tell you that I have monitored more often than not the Houdistan Times, and boy, are they... You think you think this, this is a conspiracy theorist-oriented sort of a radio program thing? Check out the Houdistan Times. <laughs> boy, oh boy, there's no stone or shell, seashell that they left unturned. These guys are... They're aggressive. All right, um, the WEF, we must stop eating meat. Here's a nice, friendly guy speaking on behalf of our satanic, global satanic crime syndicate friends of, uh, you know, the World Economic Forum of Bows, H E double toothpick. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play, not because I want to, but it's part of the show, you know. I know, I'd much rather be in Waikiki Beach right now. Of course, if I was, it'd be raining and cold. But anyway, um, hold on a second. Let's see. It's just my luck lately. Two examples. Here we go. So one is that uh, people eat too much meat, right? And if they were to we cut do? down on their consumption of meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. It would? Uh, but people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So, you know, but so here's a thought, right? So it turns out that we know a lot about, so there, we have these intolerance. To, uh, so I, for example, I have milk intolerance, um, uh, and there some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu- human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat, to certain kinds of bovine, uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. We can kind of... We can poison you all so you get sick when you eat meat. You know what the Bible says about meat? So let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Romans chapter 14. For those of us who understand that the law was nailed to the cross with Jesus, that he fulfilled the law, we don't have to struggle with these words. It makes total sense to us. 
For those of us who know that Paul, in the book of Galatians, had to leave, I don't know where he was, Galatia or some other place, I don't know where exactly he was. He had to leave. He heard, I think it was Peter and John, were starting to get back into the law. And he said, oh, no, no, they can't be doing that. Oh, my gosh. And so he hightailed it back to Jerusalem, and he took both their heads like a really bad, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 curly Larry and Moe show, and he banged their heads together. Boom. You know, and, and, and he said, what's the matter with you guys? You even want to go to heaven? The way you're acting, you're acting like you don't even want to go to heaven. There's actually a name for that. I don't remember the name for it. But if you were formally trained by some sort of Bible college or whatever, there's a there's a term for that moment in time where they got together and they basically said, well, you know, I suppose if you're a Gentile, uh, if you just stay away from food that was sacrificed to idols and, uh, you know, and, and don't do this and this and this, that you'll do just fine. But anyway, but in Romans 14, it says, receive one. I love this. <laughs> And no, I don't read it to people who come to my house that are vegetarians. Am I tempted to? Maybe. But anyway, it says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but do not dispute over doubtful things. For one person believes he may eat all things, but he, weak, eats only vegetables. That is Romans 14, 1 and 2. You can read it for yourself. But anyway, it goes, it goes on. I mean, it, you know, one person esteems one day above another. Oh, we must start the Sabbath at exactly sunset on Friday or you're in sin and you're going to lose on all this stuff and it's terrible and oh my goodness and ah. Oh. People just, they, 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 when they read the scripture, they don't read it right. You don't read the words. Um, let me see here if I can find it. Let's see here. Jot and hopefully I spell it right. Oh, good. Let's take a look at the scripture that just utterly befuddles the Seventh-day Adventist and a whole bunch of other preachers who I will not name, that I have studied under in some cases. I won't mention the name of their teaching and all that. I'll, I'm just going to be happy to see them when I get to heaven. But that's, I'm going to hang out with them. But anyway, <clears throat> do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. This is Jesus talking. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. <sighs> Pay attention to the word, please. To fulfill ill, fulfill ill. So Jesus came to the earth not just to save our souls, but also to fulfill the law or the prophets. Then verse 18, it says, For surely, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass away from the law until it is all fulfilled. Wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say he came to fulfill Let's review, shall we? Because I know this hurts a lot of people's brains, and there are entire religious groups and churches, billions of dollars worth of churches worldwide that are based upon this misunderstanding. Let's try it again. Matthew 5, verse 17. Jesus said, 
Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to, what is the word? Everybody raise your hands and say it together. Three, two, one. Fulfill. Okay, verse 18. For assuredly, Jesus says this, I say to you, till heaven and earth passes away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass away from the law until it is all. Raise your hands in the air. Three, two, one. Fulfilled. Jesus came to fulfill. <laughs> it is not calculus, folks. It says right there in front of you. And verse 19, he says, And whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Write that down, please. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Wait a minute. They're both in the kingdom of heaven. The least and the great. The least and the great. Both in the kingdom of heaven. Nobody went to hell. Nobody went to hell because they happened to go to work at their job at 7-Eleven so they could feed their family on a Saturday, which is what they're teaching you. Doesn't it just make you want to rip your hair out? It makes me want to take, you know, that I, I need a doll shrimp for it to rip my spleen out because it's the only way I'm going to feel. Anyway, it's right there. For I say unto you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Just remember the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. The Pharisees are, oh, Lord, thank you. I am so blessed that I am yours. I am so blessed that I was chosen. And, 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 and the tax collector is rip, renting his robe. He's ripping it, and he's crying alligator tears. He's heaving tears. <laughs> I am so unworthy, there's no way you but please I pray that you will count me worthy to escape these things that are about to come upon you. Please. And Jesus says, Look, you need to be like the tax collector. Now take that lesson and go into the traditional churchianity American church. While they're all jumping for joy and celebrating that that's not part of it. It's just that it's both. The walk in Christ is both. It's heaven and hell. It's good and bad. The, there, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust. We praise God for what? Trials and tribulations. Do not count at all. You know, you know. I could go on and on and on. But folks, it's it's not A, it's not B, it's not C, it's D. All of the above. All of the above. Hallelujah. All right. So we're right here on the hour for bringing on uh, Brother Peterson. But we're going. I'm just going to pound out the last couple ones of these. There aren't many more left, really, folks. We're almost done. United Nations is set to call on Americans to reduce meat consumption. So if you don't vote for that Senate bill, what was it, 1452 or whatever the dog nabbit it was? I can't even remember. I'm scrolling to go find it real quick before. Yeah, 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 yeah. 1425. HR 1425. If you don't get your senator or your whatever representative to vote yes on HR 14. 25, then Biden's going to sign away your rights, and they're going to knock on your door, and they're going to come in there and say, uh, excuse me, excuse me, but our records say that you have not been vaccinated for donkey pox. Did I say donkey pox? 
I actually have a donkey pox t-shirt behind me. It's on my chair, but whatever. All right. Uh, Hamas will extend the temporary ceasefire by an additional four days, according to our report. My prediction, Israel will say no way. Uh, the ones that want us to start war with Iran will say no way uh, because they're going to use it as an opportunity to restock their weapons and to take a bigger break. But then, of course, they're talking about releasing 50 additional hostages, et cetera. I, I don't know if that's the right number, but, you know, I can't speed read that fast. We also have um, Pandemic 2 officially launched by the globalists. It's a whole page dedicated to that and an entire show or a major portion of a show with Alex Jones and Dr. Peter McCullough, who is a uh, very loud voice uh, in uh, this this discipline, uh, you know, against the um, – Bioweapon attacks, the pandemics. China kids' pneumonia hits the United States of America. Happening now, or the mysterious? Are you hearing this? Hold on a second. Are you hearing this? Here, you need to be hearing this. This is really important. Okay, the China kids' pneumonia has hit the United States. So we talked about this. We talked about the uh, catastrophic contagion tabletop exercise. I even played for you the live exercise, remember? And we talked about it and how it would attack the children, attack their respiratory system, and it would have a 40 to 60% uh, mortality rate in children. Happening now, this is the headline, happening now, the mysterious respiratory illness that has been hitting China hard has now made its way to the United States. Washington, D.C. is now seeing an uptick in hospital cases due to the mysterious illness. The illness appears to hit children the hardest. But China is still saying that they haven't seen any reason for concern yet. Oh, okay. I will refrain from comment because it will cause my brain to bleed and, you know, it'll look like I have hemorrhagic fever and somebody, you know, then next thing you know, the, the World Health Organization will be banging on the door of my house and who, I mean, you know, you just don't want that kind of stuff to happen. Oh, for crying out loud, I got to, wait, shh, shh, be quiet, be quiet. Wow, that black SUVs. Shh, shh, be quiet. Okay. Okay, they're leaving. They're leaving. Oh, thank goodness my dogs don't bark when somebody knocks on the door. Another headline, China COVID trauma returns as hazmat workers are disinfecting the streets just like they did before. It says the reemergence of, uh, it says the reemergence of the gear, however, has raised speculation about the potential return of the pandemic era restrictions amidst a surge of respiratory illnesses notably amongst children, which has been putting a strain on the hospitals, which, by the way, was included in the tabletop exercise called Catastrophic Contagion, the Sears virus. Sponsored by, and no, it wasn't Mattel, <laughs> sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the creepy reptilian from Johns Hopkins Medical University. All right, uh, Rule 2.13, Isolation and Quarantine Procedures. And this particular um, article, uh, and I, I, I would play it for you, but I don't want to go too much f further. I want to turn it over to, to um, Peterson, but I'm just letting you know that Rule 2.13, Isolation and Quarantine Procedures, um, is talking about uh, just that, that uh, California, or I'm sorry, New York City has instituted this rule, and evidently, 
Okay, and I'll, re- I'll read you a little introductory thing. It says, the appellate division of the 4th Judicial uh, Department, okay, reversed the Borrello-Lawler-Tague uniting New York City versus Hochul ruling. Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Tague, Assemblyman, now Congressman Michael Lawler, and the Citizens Organization, uniting New York State had initial initially sued the New York Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York State Department of Health uh, over Rule 2.13, isolation and quarantine procedures. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give you the short version. In New York, they just come right in your house and take your kids away. It really it is just that simple. And there's a big fight going on over that. All right. Lightning strikes in India. Garage. Uh, G-U-J-A-R. I can't say it. Forget it. I'm not even going to try. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to say tandoori chicken when I'm ordering from an Indian restaurant. But anyway, kills 24 and more rains are predicted. Okay. Another headline. Saudis open $7 billion China money swap. Why are the Saudis? It says, what are the Saudi Arabian? Why, what is the Saudi crown prince? What, why are they buddying up to China for a $7 billion local currency swap? thing. What do they know that we don't know? Three guesses. Okay, one guess. Because if you don't know in one guess, then you haven't been paying attention. And yes, you are not listening fast enough. All right, the next one up. Disease could kill more in Gaza than the bombs, the World Health Organization says. Why? Because there's dead bodies everywhere. You can't get to them. They're under the rocks. But whatever, you know, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not, you know, I'm, I will report, you decide. I report, you decide. I report, you decide. I report, you decide. I, my Bible says that I'm a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20. My citizenship is in heaven. I am to keep my mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world. Colossians 3.2. I don't see anything that talks about an anointed son of God supposedly getting involved in the things of the earth. In fact, just the opposite. Those who are friends with the earth are at enmity with God. So if you are worried about the things that are going on in the earth, you are at hatred with God. Yowzer! I think I'll take a hard left on that one. Alberta invokes a sovereignty act against the feds for the first time. So whoever in Canada lives in Ontario, and I won't name any names, you better hightail it over to Alberta and hang out there near Lake St. Louis. Okay, and uh, if you go to the Fairmont there, would you do me take some pictures and stuff and send them over to me? Because I get, I feel like you know a prisoner. I'm not just a prisoner of Christ, like Paul. I'm like you know, in in a, what what do they call that? Those the the um, I'm like in a supermax. <laughs> I don't even want to leave the house. I'm like, okay, how much is it going to cost for me to get this delivered to my house? Do the math, you know. Well, there's a 28.7 percent risk that if I pull out of my driveway, somebody's going to bash into my car and I'm going to have to buy a new car. And based on the current interest rates, that means I'll lose this much money, which allows me to, yeah, I can do at least eight delivery orders off, off of just that one possibility. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up, U.S. water system hack, haunting messages appear on the control panel. Of course, the uh, KDKA announces in Pennsylvania, where it happened, that there was no water safety problem. Don't worry. The Cyber Avengers uh, are didn't do anything bad. Cyber Avengers is what they called themselves. They blamed it on Israel. You're doing bad things to Israel. Therefore, we're coming after you. Severe black blizzard in Moscow. Snowfall hits 35% the monthly average overnight. 
One snowfall. Another one, powerful storm in Betina uh, ravages the Black Sea region with hurricane force winds, uh, severe storm surge, flooding, and snowstorms. Uh, there's all kinds of there, – there are unbelievable – all over the – I don't even know where all the places are, but I've been getting reports, so many reports, and it's like ridiculous. I could do a whole show on blizzards. Heavy snow blizzards hit Romania and Bulgaria. The, the claiming lives and disrupting power supplies. Oh, no, not that. Quebec. There you go. There's Canada. Snowstorm leaves over 148,000 homes without power in Canada. Are you one of them? Are you listening with a battery-powered device? Are you at 2% on your phone? Do you have a recharger that doesn't work because there's no sun? Welcome to the club. Next one up. Suicide rates in America hit a new record. Highest in 82 years. All I can say is whoever those people are, they really don't like the snow. And on that note, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, um, let's bring on Brother Peterson. Praise God. Peterson, are you there? It's Memorex. I knew it would be something like Memorex. So it is actually Memorex. <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling. This is a, this is a pre-recording. <laughs> oh, boy. Hold on a second here. I'm going to turn this up here. Let me see here. Hello. Hello, Peterson. Now, now that's not a very good alien voice. That's not a good alien voice. Hello? I need more... Hello, Peterson. Wait a minute. Let me turn that up. That's a little bit better. Wait. Okay, here's the effect switch. Hold on. No, 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 no. Peterson, we're calling you from Planet Pop-Tart. Hello? Peterson? Peterson? Peterson, come out of the reptilian missile silo. Step away from the court plate. There's something not quite right with you, Peterson. <laughs> Tell me something, something I don't know. <laughs> there's something not quite right with the radio show host. He's talking very strange. We're, we're going to have to beam him up to Planet Pop Tart and uh, do strange probes to his body. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I'll turn it off. Yep, it's me again. So what's going on, man? What are you going to talk about? Something exciting. Hey, I have. like I Come like Pop Tarts and cornflakes. They go good together. Oh man, aren't the cinnamon? What are what are the the cinnamon the the frosted cinnamon and something else? Those the, oh man, and you, you lightly toast them. Uh, they're like one of the man. Yep. You give I will eat the entire box. I will not stop. <laughs> I will eat the entire box. I'll just be. I'll be. Just, it'll be like yeah. a, I'll have like I'll have like my my dogs will be sitting to my left, and I'll and I'll get like you know, my, a couple of kids. It's a good thing I don't belong to a church because I'd like recruit the kids from the church and I would put them in a row, and then I put all these cinnamon pop tarts in boxes, and then and then I get like a, a bunch of little cheap toasters, and I'd be like, okay, you put the ones in here, and you put the ones in there, and they just pop them out, put butter on them as fast as we can. I give one to my dogs to keep them from freaking out, you know. But it, but man, I could eat those things until. I mean, oh, man, I mean, they are just so, like, the best, yummiest. Oh, how can you, like, not eat them? They're the, it's like one of the best dessert foods in the entire world. What do they call them? Cinnamon something Pop-Tarts. i got to look them up because I want them. Yeah. 
Yep. So what do you want to know? Kellogg's Pop-Tarts, cinnamon. Hold on a second. Let me zero in on this. Hold on. Oh, yeah, brown sugar cinnamon frosted Pop-Tarts. Here, let me look at the ingredients. Oh, I'm zooming in now. Oh, look, they got H905 roach antennas. Uh, They got uh, spider legs. Um, Yeah, man, they've got all kinds of bugs in here. Thank you. Thank you, Klaus. I love bugs. Yeah. I love bugs. I've heard that. I've heard. I've heard that about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat insects. I'll eat anything. You're like Mikey in that one commercial. Give it to Mikey. He'll eat anything. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a life commercial? They were trying to like sell. A, I, I can see the guys that were on the uh, advertising team, and they're sitting there and they're like. Their boss just left the room, you know, and they're all looking at each other like, you've got to be kidding me. They want us to come up with a way to sell the world's most disliked cereal ever? And then somebody's sitting there, and they go, uh, yeah, well, give it to Mikey. He won't eat it. He hates everything. And then Mikey will eat it. And then everybody's, like, sitting there going, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, this sounds like a really bad Seinfeld episode. It might work. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. I'll turn the show back over to you. Forget about the pop tarts. Don't get distracted. Think, think. Yeah, I, other I things. keep at the grocery grocery store. I keep looking for a, a box, you know, uh, of uh, like uh, toasted crickets or something, you know, so I can fill up my uh, um, cereal bowl with toasted crickets and put some milk on them. Toasted crickets would not be high on my list. And besides, I don't know what the code is for to- toasted crickets. <laughs> But it, it's, it's got to be like code H2089, toasted crickets. Mm. I can't wait to get a hold of some of them. They're so crunchy. Yeah. You can actually take yeah. their little, their pincers, you can take their pincers and rip them off and use them like a toothpick, you know, <laughs> clean between your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Time to hit the off button. This guy's lost it. Okay, come on, Peterson, talk about something. I'm getting bored. Well, you know, you know, Johnny Baptist um, was eating locusts and honey. I know. I went on back when I was really new, and I I was I was afraid. I was scared of my own shadow, and and uh, and uh, Daniel Ott on Daniel Ott uh, AM radio, he he asked me to come on the radio show because word got around that I knew something about reptilians, and it was a popular subject. So they asked, so he asked me to come on the show, and I'm freaked out, man. I'm up like the whole night before I'm supposed to go on the show the next day, and I've got like four pages of four legal pages worth of notes about reptilians. Because I was like, I'm going to dork it up. I'm going to look like an idiot. <laughs> anyway, and I sure enough, I did look like an idiot. But they wanted me to come back after all. So, you know, not, you just you can't figure people's taste. You know what I'm saying? The, the second time yeah. I came on, I brought Ben Garcia with me to hedge my bet. Because <laughs> yeah. then I'd run out of stuff to say, and I'd go, yeah. And Ben would just chime in with some strange, you know, apocryphal verse from, you know, who knows where. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Too funny. Yeah, Daniel Watt scared me. He had that white cowboy hat on and the glasses. And Oh, you know what he said to me? He said to me, huh. he goes, aren't you supposed to be out in the wilderness eating locust and honey? <laughs> That's what he said to me when oh, he really? introduced me on the show. Yeah, he's like, aren't you supposed to be out in the wilderness eating locust and honey? I don't, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. I cannot be Johnny Baptist enough to eat locust and honey. I'm sorry, man. There's yeah. no way a locust. Dipped in honey. There's nothing you can dip a locust in. Nothing that will cause me to put it in my mouth. 
Can yeah. you imagine putting one of those in your mouth when it's alive and it's like in your mouth doing that, you know, cicada <laughs> thing that and you're like, I get that yeah. out of my mouth. Crunch, crunch, <laughs> crunch. Cinnamon Pop-Tart. You grab the cinnamon pop tart out of the little kid's hands and he starts to cry. And, oh, I'll give you one. I'll trade you three of my locusts for one of your cinnamon brown sugar pop tarts. <laughs> wonder if we yeah. get any takers. <laughs> Wow. Well, so it brings up the subject, uh, you know, do Americans or do people all over the world eat too too much meat? Okay, so which then begs the question of sustainable development. So who got us in this situation to begin with is the world elite, you know. Um, so you roll the clock back like 100 years or so, so you know, when uh, Henry Ford was coming up with the automobile and uh, he was contemplating how, how we're going to, power the automobile so his correct me if i'm wrong but his initial vision was that was to grow hemp to put power into the farmers to grow hemp will grow anywhere on the planet basically so to the farmers would grow hemp not exclusive to anything else but um even out here in a semi-arid environment you can grow hemp okay so that in, in other words biofuels Hemp is a natural plant that will grow just about anywhere. So just about anybody could grow it and make money turning it into or selling it to a biofuel uh, company instead of selling corn. So good luck, um, you know, uh, putting a hose into your gas tank and siphoning off gasoline. Um, you know, in other words, we're burning our cornflakes in our gas tanks. Stupid idea, right? <clears throat> Um, when you can grow hemp. So I, I'm not aware of any um, hemp products that could be edible, such as, like, like corn is. You know, I put some uh, milk on your hemp flakes or something. I'm not aware of that. Maybe there is such a thing. I don't know. But so the the uh, oil had been discovered prior, prior to Henry Ford, you know, and so the powers that be put the kibosh on hemp and in favor of oil. Okay, so that's why why we're at where we're at. The dark powers that be wanted to go with oil. <clears throat> um, and there was a guy up in Canada named Pogue, P-O-G-U-E, I think, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, like 100-some years ago that invented a carburetor that would bore, uh, burn any of four fuels at the turn of a screw at the base of the carburetor and have almost zero pollutants. So what happened to that carburetor? It was bought off and sequestered, you know, deep-sixed. Okay. The industry did not want something that efficient. So the car, cars, car manufacturers, uh, you know, like intertwining boards of directors, you know, with the oil companies, et cetera, you know, and big banks and everything. So <clears throat> they see how they can... Uh, uh, monopolies, industrial monopolies, financial monopolies, and uh, so you know it takes. So as far as sustainable development, there were answers a hundred years ago across the board. You, you know, pick your subject. There were real answers, real science that could have solved the issues that we face today a hundred years ago already. But the powers of be didn't want real solutions. They wanted their solutions that put us 
on their treadmill that make us slaves to their systems. We're slaves to their systems of things. Now, when you look at big oil, big coal, et cetera, you know, um, could they do a better job at resource development? And from like um, initially developing a coal mine, initially developing an oil field, are there better techniques, more conservative ways, conservative ways to manage the, that, and then manage the resources? Yes, there are, but you've got to give them. You know, it takes billions and billions and billions of dollars <clears throat> from from the initial thing to the gasoline pump. Your refineries take billions of dollars even a new one. So with all improved technologies and efficiencies, it takes a lot of bucks to build a new one, right? So you have to give them financial incentives to pursue that um, because it takes a lot of money. So you've got to give them financial incentives to invest a lot of money to get, gain the, the um, improvements. But likewise, if you're going to give them financial incentives – that's the carrot. The stick is okay, but we're going to expect by law that we're going to expect improved performances. Okay, like Detroit. Hello, Detroit. Improved gasoline mileage, improved uh, oil clean cleanability in the engine, etc. You know, improved technologies, and give them a time a realistic timeline to shift gears in production. So, like Detroit can't just flip a switch tomorrow. They're going from cars to Jeeps, you know, and, and Jeeps to, to um, EVs, you know, from gasoline power to EVs. It takes a lot of bucks to retool their car factories to switch from gasoline to EV as electronic vehicles. <clears throat> and, and since the electronic vehicles are in their infancy stage with batteries and everything, uh, is the costs are so horrendous that people are turning away from EVs, and <laughs> rightfully so, until you can get improved technologies that the batteries are cheaper and longer lasting and uh, won't, um, you know, <laughs> unbeknownst, you know, you're driving down the highway and uh, it bursts into flames and there goes you and your whole family <laughs> cooked to smithereens, right? Or it's safely in your garage at home in, in, uh, in your, and it bursts into flames and burns your whole house down, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of improvements across the board before our EVs become viable. Um, <clears throat> it's not impossible, but it, there's a lot of kinks to work out yet, and where it becomes cost-effective for your average consumer. So the dark powers of be don't want to wait that long, <clears throat> and so they're, they're mandating stuff. So getting to this treaty business, um, the president, any president, can sign any agreement he wants as though it were a treaty, but it's not a treaty unless the Senate votes two-thirds and majority to approve it and one additional stipulation that most people aren't aware of. So think in terms of when our nation was founded and uh, we came up with Constitution Bill of Rights, right? And so the Constitution requires a two-thirds agreement by the Senate to agree on a treaty. So at that time, we had 13 states, which would be 26 senators, as two senators per state, 
And a two-thirds majority, let's multiply that, and 26 times 0.67, and we come up with 17 senators. It was all required to approve of a treaty. Now, do you think our phony forefathers in coming up with Constitution and Bill of Rights and then the Jefferson Papers, other uh, Madison wrote, you know, all these uh, founding documents that further gave clarification to the Constitution, would have allowed 17 men to overthrow the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and everything that they had fought the Revolutionary War for? Just 17 men to overthrow everything? No. There were stipulations. It's unfortunate they didn't codify it more clearly in the Constitution itself. But basically, what I'm getting at is a treaty cannot circumvent the Constitution or the Bill of Rights nor any of the amendments. It has to be in agreement or the Constitution, Bill of Rights, or amendments have to be uh, re-voted on, you know, something that would amend the Constitution to be in line with the treaty. So a treaty cannot just simply usurp the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and amendments. You have to amend the Constitution, Bill of Rights, or amendments, amend them to be in line with the treaty before the treaty can pass. That is the proper protocols, the proper understanding and protocols. So the president cannot just sign, sign away our country. Two-thirds majority of the Senate cannot simply sign away the country. It has to line up with the con- existing Constitution, Bill of Rights, and amendments, or they have to be changed to line up with the proposed treaty. Biden can sign anything he wants. It's null and void as a treaty. It's null and void. He can sign anything he wants with WHO, and you can tell him to shove it. It's not law of the land. But too many people don't know about this. Even, you know, the senators don't know about these stipulations. Uh, Attorneys, unless they're a constitutional attorney, and then they have to be an ethical one, one that doesn't have an agenda, uh, is not bought off by George Soros' money, you know, that kind of thing, um, that has enough wealth and power and prestige in his or her, her own right to be able to go up against the Goliath and defeat Goliath. So they want us want to hoodwink us that uh, you know we're going to lose all our freedoms. Sorry, doesn't pass muster with me. I know, I know better. <clears throat> but I'm a, no, a nobody out in the middle of nowhere. You know, I don't have millions of bucks. I'm not a, a Donald Trump, Trump or Elon Musk, and pull billions of dollars out of my back pocket and fight fight things in court and sue everybody. Okay, but. If Elon Musk happens to be listening to the show and he happens to then learn about these caveats, two thirds, you know, the president can't just sign off. Two thirds majority can't just sign off. It has to be in agreement with the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and amendments, or they have to be changed to align with the proposed treaty. Then somebody like Elon Musk could hire an army of constitutional attorneys and sue the crap out of the government. However, the deep state ain't going nowhere like Glenn Beck said. Nobody goes to jail. You know. They are so deeply entrenched that the United States pretty much is done for. Uh, it would be a miracle if not. 
We are on the verge, the cusp of a complete financial meltdown in this country. Nobody is buying the U.S. Treasury bonds that then uh, pay for the ongoing government programs, government everything that deals with the federal government is through the U.S. Treasury bonds. And that includes paying the military. That includes in quote unquote entitlements, okay? Uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Well, guess what, folks? If so much of our budget wasn't thrown thrown away to foreign governments and given away free to illegal aliens flooding across the border for the last 40 years, given away free, our Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare would be operating very well and for many, many years yet to come. But they've given it all away. And then they blame it on us, on us citizens. That's entitlements. The biggest recipients of entitlements are big business, big banks, and big government. Um, Boeing wouldn't exist if it wasn't for government entitlements. That's one example. Chase Manhattan Bank wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Federal Reserve entitlements. That's one example. Okay, They're the ones who are receiving the biggest lion's share of entitlements, but they point their finger at the peasants receiving pittances okay, as entitlements. They don't point their finger at all these illegal aliens. They want as many aliens in here as possible and giving away money to free money to foreign governments to purposely bankrupt the country because they have an agenda beyond bankruptcy. A bankrupt United States, think about it, folks. If, if Social Security was eliminated or vastly reduced, Medicaid, Medicare, I can guarantee you that within one to two days, the whole system would come crashing down. You think of the, like grocery stores, for example, would be the hardest hit right away. Getting my Social Security payments, I can't buy groceries. How many millions of Americans are Social Security? How many millions of Americans are uh, other programs, SNAP and stuff, that pays helps pay them to buy the groceries? You take that millions and millions and millions of dollars away from the grocery sector, and your favorite grocery store goes bankrupt. Store closed. So even if you're not on Social Security or any of these entitlements, where are you going to buy your groceries if the grocery stores are bankrupted? Belly up, close shop, close a store. Where are you going to get your groceries? So for those who are not on these programs, you can pontificate all you want until you're the one starved to death with the grocery stores closing. Grocery stores operate on a very thin margin of profit. Anything that interrupts that puts them in dire risk. So when we roll the clock back not too far, long ago, 2020, right, when the pandemic was declared, the state of national emergency was March 13th. It was Friday the 13th, I think it was. 2020, President Trump announced a state of emergency, you know, national emergency. So people were just rushing into the grocery stores, 
and uh, buying this and that and other thing. And, and uh, when I finally went to the grocery store, I couldn't believe my eyes <laughs> going up and down aisles. And I've never seen uh, the uh, check checkout lanes so long in my life, you know. And uh, entire entire sections of the grocery store gone, wiped out. People just buying stuff, right? Now, the grocery stores here where I live have done a very superb job at doing their very best to keep the uh, shelves stocked. Um, so I definitely compliment them on that. But we see how the pandemic impacted grocery stores. And there's some that shut down because um, uh, some states, you know, that people had to stay in stay at place stay in their homes they couldn't go out and shop well that impacted grocery stores because they were not yet at that early stage tooled up for home deliveries all right so if you're not anticipating this and you get caught off guard and you don't have time to to change gears then you're going to go out of business so there's entire grocery stores that closed shop so imagine if you only have one grocery store in your community and it shuts down and you have to drive 20, 40 miles to the, to the nearest grocery store. Now, how efficient is that? Okay, It's like rolling the clock back to the 1800s where you might be out in the hinterlands and maybe once a year you get to the uh, trading post to buy a few things, you know, flour, sugar, the essentials, you know, and you got to buy enough to last a year. Uh, you know, we're almost at that point. I have to travel 100 miles to get to a grocery store and buy everything you need for a year. Okay, <laughs> uh, It's pretty sad, isn't it? But <clears throat> the way to break the back of a nation is to destroy its food supply, and that's where they're heading. They want to destroy our food by any means possible and necessary. So part of the this snowstorm problem that's going around in the world when we look at the history of this planet and what this planet has been through that we've covered on Angel Wars programs, <clears throat> since the last great disturbance for the last 12,000 years, the Earth has been attempting to find an equilibrium. And <clears throat> it it's, has settled prior to our interference, and I'm not talking about global warming, I'm talking about chemtrails, okay, and things of that nature, that and HARP, you know, superheating the atmosphere to purposely cause alternate weather systems or to weaponize hurricanes, weaponize snowstorms, who knows but what's dumping on Russia right now, <laughs> get a, a month's worth of snow in one night, right, as if that isn't hasn't been a weaponized weather system complements of harp in alaska maybe or wherever you know so we we've in the last <clears throat> few decades we've acquired the technologies where we can weaponize weather systems and so by doing that yeah we can do that but there's action reaction so unless you have a complete control of all weather systems globally what you set off like a weather bomb in one area, like on Russia, will reverberate action-reaction somewhere else on the planet. In other words, the Earth's weather system, planet Earth, is try, going to try, attempt to cause an equilibrium in that 
to offset that situation. So there's going to be an action-reaction. I hope I'm making myself understood here. And you do this enough times, you know, it took Earth about 12,000 years to, to get to an equilibrium that it could live with. So like, you know, 100 years ago. And then the last several decades, we've gained the technology to weaponize weather, right? <clears throat> and so now in a short few decades, and we're gaining more and more of this, more countries are, you know, like Russia's got its own harp type of things. China probably has, you know. You know, how many other nations can dork around with weather now, right? And chemtrails and uh, crazy people like Bill Gates and uh, Klaus Schwab, you know, want to want to darken the skies, you know, um, with their chem version of chemtrails. So we're throwing Mother Nature for a loop after loop after loop, and after a while, it reaches the point where it cannot come to an equilibrium, where it's just totally out of control. I th- a tipping point. I think we're right, right at that tipping point. So we're at a tipping point financially in this country. And if the Federal Reserve goes down, it's going to take a lot of nations, a good chunk of the world, with it. As much as the, certain countries are trying to get away, and some are, no more U.S. dollar. Okay, they're going with gold or BRICS. The BRICS nations, their their version of. Uh, the SWIFT, SWIFT uh, money uh, clearance system, and <clears throat> with gold-backed currencies. So Russia and China have been very wise in, in uh, backing their respective currencies with gold, gold reserves over the past decades, okay? And India has always been into gold for their people. I mean, gold, uh, man, they even give gold gifts to their children for birthdays kind of thing, you know. Uh, gold everywhere. They're a gold-orientated country, so they're kind of like well-poised in case the U.S. dollar collapses. Uh, they got enough gold in that country to weather that storm, right? <clears throat> but there's countries in the world that have bought into the U.S. dollar, and uh, they're still trading in dollars. And uh, was it Argentina just recently, a new um, president there said he's going with the U.S. dollar, not the BRICS nations. Okay, well, if the U.S. dollar goes down, Argentina goes down. Or is it, yeah, Argentina, Brazil, Argentina. Um, <clears throat> so that may not end up being a wise move. Um, so if you go with the U.S. dollar, any of you nations out there, try to back up your own country with gold as best you can. <laughs> so when the U.S. dollar goes down, you have some semblance of survivability. Okay, so U.S. dollar, back in 1913, the evil geniuses that uh, crafted the Federal Reserve System and the Federal Reserve Note knew well, well knew what they were doing. They designed a system that was fail-proof. Federal Reserve System is fail-proof unto national and international destruction of capital, of wealth, of true wealth, complete destruction of true wealth. And so if the economy here in the United States is performing exactly as they designed it to over 100 years ago in 1913. And in the run-up to 1913, it was February, no, December 
uh, what is it, 23rd, uh, uh, 1913, when the Federal Reserve Act was passed, and uh, when most of Congress is off on Christmas vacation, that's when it was passed. And uh, so it's run roughshod over this country ever since, and basically what people have done is exchange their true assets for the fake assets of Federal Reserve notes. They're telling us the truth. It's a note. A note is an IOU. It's a debt instrument. So why anybody in their right mind would want the more the more Federal Reserve notes I got, the more wealthier I am. No, the poorer you are. It's like going to all your neighbors in your neighborhood and ask them, "Hey, can I? Can I? I'll take on your credit card debt, your bank your debt, your bank loans, your your mortgage. You know, I'll take them on." <laughs> you're just feeling really generous, right? But you're not a millionaire. You're still uh, making the same amount of money, but you're taking on everybody else's debt. Who in their right mind would do that? And yet you've got, you know, like Trump. How many billions is he worth, right? But if he's basing it on Federal Reserve notes, he's billions in the hole. He's a poor person. He's worse than a pauper. Okay, same with uh, some of these other guys. Uh, Bill Gates, how many billions is he worth? If he's equating that to U.S. dollars, he's extremely poor. <laughs> okay, but as long as people honor the U.S. dollar, then you can buy, sell, and trade and everything with it until – the deck chairs of the Titanic, you know, you run out of chairs. Uh, there's not enough chairs to go around, and the Titanic is sinking, right? So at some point, Bill Gates becomes a pauper. Donald Trump becomes a pauper. And the ultimate, um, I read a report, I was early in the year, last year or something, but the world's elite have already determined what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and only God himself can alter their plans, you know, uh, call an audible to forestall their plans. But they, their plans call for only two classifications of people on this planet. One is themselves, known as sovereigns. Everybody else will be serfs, i.e. peasants. So you might be a millionaire, but guess what? Your world's going bye-bye. You're going to become a serf, a peasant, a nobody, okay? You might be Donald Trump, but guess what? You're not on the sovereign's list. Sorry, you become a pauper. You lose everything. Bill Gates, if you're not a sovereign, sorry. I don't care how many billions you used to have. You're a nobody now, and you're a pauper. Get in line. Take a number. Get in line in the back. Bill Gates, okay? That's how the world's going to be run. Either a sovereign, the world's 1%, or maybe 0.01%. We sovereign, the rest will be paupers. That's how they got it planned. So these nations like Russia, China, etc., that have heavily invested in gold and are backing their currencies with gold and coming out with the BRICS agreements are doing so from a worldly perspective very wisely. So these planners of the Federal Reserve System over 100 years ago, they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly how they designed the system as a fail-safe onto total, complete failure and the complete destruction of all wealth in this nation. And anybody, uh, foreign nations, unfortunate enough to hold Federal Reserve notes will lose their wealth. So you can... 
if we let things go as they are, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, you know, <laughs> more and more so, it will zoom out of control like it already is already, but even faster, faster, faster till you can't control the speed anymore and you crash into a brick wall or, or a um, cement pillar or the uh, into a cliff, a rock cliff, and everything explodes in a fireball, right? Slam on the brakes with a balanced budget amendment. Okay, so a lot of people, let's get on board the balanced budget amendment, but you put the brakes on this, and it will implode. So if you let things go the way they are, it will explode. If you put the brakes on it, it will implode. And that's how this system was designed from the beginning. No matter what you do, it's a complete, total destruction of the nation and its wealth and its people. And anybody unfortunate to be holding Federal Reserve notes. It was designed that way by some very evil people. Okay, but we bought, we drank the Kool-Aid. We drank the Kool-Aid, and we had two Kool-Aid was tasted great, and we couldn't get enough of that Kool-Aid. So when uh, in that Batman movie, uh, Joker, you know, he's got this warehouse, and in the warehouse is this huge pile of Federal Reserve notes. I mean, huge. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, man, who wouldn't want a big pile of Federal Reserve notes like that? But he didn't. Thought it was funny. He lit it up, burned it all up. He had the right understanding of what's going to happen to the economy when the Federal Reserve notes all burn up, that the wealth that goes with it will burn up with it. So you could be sitting thinking, well, I already got my house bought for and paid for and my car and everything. I got everything. I don't owe anybody anything. Sorry, you don't own it. If you bought it with Federal Reserve notes in the, through the Federal Reserve System, you do not own what you think you own. You own nothing. Because constitutionally, in order to have constitutionally protected property, you have to have bought your stuff through the constitutional means of acquiring property. And because you bought your stuff with funny money, the Federal Reserve note, i.e. an IOU, you still, still owe on your mortgage. You still owe your car payment. You still owe you know, all the food you bought all of your life, all the utilities you paid for all your life, you still owe on them because you paid with funny money. You didn't pay with constitutional currency. Back in the early stages of the Federal Reserve note, like a five dollar I used to have one of those. It said it's a redeemable in lawful currency. The Federal Reserve note under the constitutional uh, laws is required to put note on every one of their notes to tell us the truth. They're telling us the truth. They're a note, an IOU, a debt instrument. It's not an asset. It's an, it isn't amazing we put how much money you got in the bank or whatever on the asset side. It's a debt instrument. Okay, it should be on the negative side. You got a, a million dollars in your bank. Well, that should be as a 
you know, on the debit side, on the negative side, not on the asset side. So <clears throat> it's a promise to pay. So you've made a, you bought a house, a million-dollar house, bought through the Federal Reserve System, so you made a promise to pay. So when are you going to pay it? And if you have, oh, well, I'm going to go buy some gold bullion. With what? Federal Reserve notes? Now you've just circum circumvented the whole process. If you buy gold with Federal Reserve notes, you've just nullified the constitutional protections of private property by buying anything with Federal Reserve notes. So you'd have to go back to some gold mine operation that is still operating under a land patent from the 1820s or earlier, a land patent, and give them something in an equal trade, something they want for something you want. That's off the radar, off the books of the Federal Reserve System in order to obtain constitutionality of what you buy. Now, who can do that anymore today, right? See, the, why is it that the serpents are so wise? And we who are the children of light, supposed to be the children of light, are so stupid, okay? We're so ignorant. We're just sheep led to the slaughter, happy to drink more Kool-Aid, happy to drink more corn, <laughs> eat more corn, you know, more corn. I grew up on a farm, so my dad had uh, cows, sheep, pigs, uh, in earlier years, chickens. Okay, so the thing about sheep, is they're better off grazing, of course, but if you want to fat grazing natural grasses and stuff, but if you want to fatten them up for market, then you feed them some grains and preferably corn. They really love corn. Okay? In fact, they love corn so much that if you let them eat what they want to eat, they'll eat themselves to death. So what happens is they get too much corn in their gut, and it swells up, and it explodes their intestines because they have too much in their gut <clears throat> that it literally kills them. It swells up and kills them. So, you know, people are like that. Sheep led to the slaughter. Give them a whole bunch of um, <clears throat> great-tasting corn, and they'll just eat themselves till they drop dead. And that's what's happened, folks, especially here in the United States of America where we've had conveniences and, and everything's so convenient. We've been fed the choicest grain, corn, you know, possible to where we can't differentiate. We can't put the brakes on our appetites. So do too, too many people eat too much meat? Probably. How much meat do you need? Okay, Do you need... Uh, you know, every meal that you're eating meat, every meal you only eat meat, you know, maybe that's going overboard. Maybe we should scale back some on our meat and balance things out with more other things, okay, like cornflakes, okay, uh, and uh, Pop-Tarts, you know. I'm being a little funny there, folks. <clears throat> So going back to the Angel Wars situation, understanding what this planet has been through, we can look at Noah's Flood, for example. So don't you suppose 
if the waters of the great deep burst up forth, you know, from deep underground and the waters above the earth came crashing down, don't you suppose that created a world-changing event? Don't you suppose that the earth, the earth, that was such a dramatic change to the earth in its environment and its weather systems that it took a long time after the flood waters receded for the earth to obtain some kind of equilibrium? And then when it did, you know, then we have the Tower of Babel, which, in my opinion, a Tower of Babel, another global catastrophic event, which then destabilized the Earth's uh, climate and atmospheres and everything that would take thousands of years, again, for the Earth to find an equilibrium. And here we are, Tower of Babel number two, and, and, and as in the days of Noah, dorking around with Earth, you know, weaponize the weather and the climates and everything and reaching a tipping point where things go out of control. And then on top of that, we've got Planet X. It's already supposedly entered our solar system and already exerting its influence on our planets and our planet and stuff and the sun, you know. Who knows but that if the grand solar minimum that seems that it, the sun seems to have entered into that the uh, planet X system, the um, the dark sun system that swung into our solar system, is on the other side of the sun, pulling its energy towards it. And so when that solar system comes more in line directly with Earth, the inner planets, and the other planets, that it will bring, swing the solar radiation, the bulk of the solar radiation, solar flares with it. And as it's exiting our solar system, we'll get slammed with solar flares big time. CMEs, coronal mass ejections, the big kill shot. Okay, uh, because this planet X has a tremendous amount of electromagnetic gravitational force, and then you combine that with the um, solar system itself, it's a massive change in our solar in our our own solar system. So not only are we looking at our own science and technology destabilizing global weather to the point of tipping point, but what happens when this solar system comes more in line with us that would really tip the scales big time. You wouldn't be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. It wouldn't matter if we went back to horse and buggy, you know, get rid of all cars and and modern transportation and no more fossil fuels. It would be too late. There's no turning the clock back. There's no putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. We can read through the book of Revelation. In particular, we look at Revelation chapter 6, the sixth seal, where there's a global earthquake. You wonder, well, what in the world can cause a global earthquake? Well, Planet X could be like a tractor beam, you know, star, uh, Starship Enterprise grabs hold of something with this tractor beam and pulls it towards the ship and into the the uh, the bay, you know. A tractor beam. 
So when you first lock in on an object on it with your tractor beam, it's especially if it's in movement, it's going to shudder, right? Because it's still trying to, to go where it's going, but that tractor beam is going to grab hold of it. And so it's going to shudder for a while until um, that tractor beam is strong enough to consistently pull it back towards the source of that tractor beam. So picture Planet X grabbing hold of our planet like a tractor beam, and it's just, boom, you know, a global earthquake, okay? Because of our Earth, you know, it's spinning on its axis, and it's going around the sun and everything, and a tractor beam grabs hold of it, you know, and almost stops it in, in motion almost, and it's going to shudder. The whole Earth, the whole planet's going to shudder, and don't you think that's going to affect global weather systems, you know? On top of what we're dorking around with, it's going to push it on steroids, okay? So when you read through chapter uh, 6 seal, and then you move forward into the 7th seal, and the trumpets, okay? And then later on, the bowl judgments. You can start picturing if this planet X system, system solar system, and there's a huge debris field in front of it and in it and behind it, okay? Picture that debris field of all kinds of stuff, okay? Planet, from asteroids to comets to chunks of planets, or a planet, planet or planets traveling with it, slamming into the Earth. There's almost no place that's going to be safe on this planet. And <clears throat> it's going to be like what the world's elite want to turn this planet back to is Genesis 1, verse 2. And the earth became without form and void of life, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, which translates to the abyss. In that condition, the forces of darkness had free... In that, in that, and before day one... They had free reign in their newly created chaos, confusion, darkness, where anything goes, where the laws of God did not apply. They could do whatever they wanted to do. That's what they want to turn this planet back to, Genesis 1, verse 2. So on the tra traditional model, we read Genesis 1, verse 1 through 31, straight through without any um, deviations. In my opinion, the proper analysis is between verse 1 and verse 2 is called the gap theory, and it's fully supported. Gap theory, in my opinion, belief, is fully supported by Scripture, which we've gone over through the various angel wars scenarios. It's fully supported by Scripture. So when we get to verse 2, it's a synopsis, a one-verse synopsis of the aftermath of this angel wars. And then days one through six is what God did about that situation. Restoring order out of the chaos. Restoring light out of the darkness. Restoring life out of the death. But it's um, what I call a fallen one-third of creation. He put it into a quarantine he put it under quarantine. He put it um, in a sandbox environment. 
when we look at computers today, and all the way back to the 80s, there was the early versions of antivirus, okay, uh, programs that you could get. But today, with Windows and other operating systems, it's far more sophisticated, you know, viruses and trojans and all this business, you know, phishing techniques and all stuff. So it's very, very sophisticated trying to get inside our computers. So the uh, anti-malware um, have come up with a sandbox uh, technology. So what that means is if something flare uh, happens on your computer, a virus or uh, something happens on your computer, the anti-malware will immediately detect it. And if they don't have something in their history of that, if it's like a zero day, it gets put in a sandbox. That's like uh, it's like you have your operating system, but the anti-malware will like create a secondary operating system, but it's under a quarantine. It's in a sandbox to allow that virus or that mal malware to do its thing and observe what it's doing, reporting back to headquarters. So it says, hey, we found something here on, on John's computer. We're reporting it live, and it's been sandboxed. It's been cordoned off. We're going to allow it to do its thing to see what it does, where it goes, and we're reporting this back to headquarters. So we have zero-day information on what's going on, and we can come up with a solution faster than, than, uh, than the blazes, hopefully, uh, to correct it. And through the cloud technology, then you can post a correction in one spot or several spots in the cloud, and everybody who's plugged in the cloud can get an immediate, immediate download on uh, fixing that problem. So in understanding that, is as this phone one-third, it's like um, an operating system that's been cordoned off and to allow the contagion to, to move forward to do what it does to allow the contagion of sin, rebellion, and iniquity to move forward with its goals, its agendas, and to report back to headquarters what it's up to, what it's doing. And God is updating his anti-malware programs constantly <laughs> in response to what the enemy is doing. But this keeps... The uh, keeps things safe for the unfallen two-thirds, so nothing gets out of this containment system, nothing. Now, when we read the book of Job, where Satan appears well, along with the sons of God in, uh, before God, okay, in my opinion, that only happened w that God gave Lucifer permission to leave the quarantine zone and under heavy angelic guard. Lucifer since he's been cordoned off in this fallen one-third, does not have carte blanche ability nor authority to leave, this, leave the plantation, to leave the quarantine zone on his own volition, his own decision. Um, <clears throat> it's under heavy guard and only with the father's yes. Now, why would, did he present himself before he wanted to uh, down a wager with the father on getting to Job? Look, hey, look, God, you know, no wonder Job praises and worships you because you put a protective hedge around him. You blessed him, blessed his socks off. Remove that protective hedge and watch him curse you. That's my challenge to you. So the challenge is on. So we can read about that in the book of, jo uh, book of Job. But there's a lot of 
things revealed in the book of Job that deal with angel wars. And I will we'll hit on that in future shows, of course. And we've hit on that in past angel war shows. Um, but it always helps to review material that we've gone through before to bring it uh, back into focus, and especially in modern-day events, what's going on. Um, so one thing I want to bring up is the current flare-up in the Middle East between uh, Israel and Palestinians, i.e. Hamas, you know. So those of us who have been following the story know know the deep dive on that, know the truth. Uh, don't drink the Kool-Aid that the governments uh, that the governments want you to drink, folks. Don't drink their Kool-Aid. <clears throat> It'll poison you. Uh, there is a truth a truth out there about what's happening, and the truth is this: Israel wants. I'm reading the headline. Israel wants the giant Leviathan natural gas field, and is willing to commit genocide against millions of people to steal it. Now, what caught my attention was Leviathan. Why would they name? It just so happens that this giant Leviathan natural gas field is sitting off the coast of Gaza, not off the coast of Israel proper. So do you understand the incentive why Israel would want to genocide or move these people out of there so Israel can annex Gaza and claim it for themselves? Because they want to develop the natural gas. It's worth a half a trillion dollars worth of natural gas. Isn't that enough incentive to kill everybody on there or move them out one way or another? Israel wants that real estate, and they want that natural gas. And so why is it? Because Israel is joined to the hip with the United States financial system. If we go down, they go down. So the way you you keep the Titanic afloat is you gain access to this natural gas field that then puts money in the coffers of Israel, i.e., the Federal Reserve System, i.e., federal treasuries, United States treasury bonds. It it pumps the juice back into our fiat money system. But I got news for you, Fed Reserve. If Israel ever is allowed to fully develop this natural gas field, do you think they're going to share their wealth with you? <laughs> Dream on, United States government. Dream on. <laughs> Those of you who are of them that are in Congress and in our financial institutes, our financial, our Hollywood, uh, Madison Avenue, do you think Israel, the government of Israel, is going to share any of their proceeds with you flunkies? No, not that kind of will. They're going to claim it for themselves to set themselves on a very high cliff. And we can read, was it the book of Obadiah, to find out what happens to that group in the very high cliffs. <laughs> Even though you write, or lift yourselves up to heaven, I will bring you back down, God says to him. So this giant Leviathan natural gas field, what caught my attention was the word Leviathan. So Leviathan is one of the um, beings that God and only God can deal with. Okay, so... There are three creatures in the Old Testament, and they've been and spill over into the New Testament. Rahab, Leviathan, and Behemoth. And they've been portrayed 
as, like, for example, Rahab, has been portrayed as the fifth planet between, as the planet between Mars and Jupiter, that the ancients called Maldek, but some people call it Rahab, and Rahab was cut to pieces. The Bible says God cut Rahab to pieces. Okay, so they think, well, God cut the planet, fifth planet to pieces, blew it apart. I don't agree with that because Rahab is described as a serpent, as a dragon, a dragon serpent who was fleeing, okay? Planets don't flee, okay? Animals, creatures have a flight or fight instinct. So if they give flight, it's they're fleeing away from something they feel is a threat to themselves. So take, for example, the uh, woolly mammoths in Siberia that had flash frozen with fresh buttercups in their mouth and their stomachs, and the uh, explorers could whack off a piece of frozen mammoth and fry it up in the open fire, and it was just like it was freshly, freshly killed mammoth, okay? So mammoths, whenever that event happened, have a flight or fright instinct, or you know. <clears throat> so, do you think that if something dramatic happened, that they would have recognized and reacted to, that they would have gotten out of harm's way? They would have dropped the buttercups out of their mouth. You know, they would have gotten out of harm's way. The buttercups would have fallen out of their mouth. You know, and. Uh, <clears throat> No, they're caught. They were caught with buttercups in their mouth, flash frozen that quick. They couldn't even react to whatever happened. Okay, so, um, so just like Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth were creatures that God had created, and in their fallen state had a fight-or-flight instinct about them. So when the Bible describes them as fleeing serpents, a planet doesn't flee. It's like Jupiter tomorrow decides, oh, something's going to happen. Planet X is on its way. I'm out of here, folks. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, I'm heading out of this solar system. Does that happen? No. <laughs> okay. However, there is another explanation that could solve the Rahab being the fifth planet enigma, and that is phase lock. Okay. So what the Luciferian Rebellion and Angel Wars impacted up to one-third, in my opinion, up to one-third of God's original creation, impacted to one extent or the another. <clears throat> So in World War II, I refer to this a lot, Pacific Theater, European Theater. There were places where you wouldn't know there was a war going on. Those, those People were just conducting their lives like they always did, not even knowing aware there was a war going on. So like picture South, sea, South Pacific Island uh, native peoples that were totally, had lived native all their lives for generations. And they look up to the sky and they see, see this bird up in the sky, right? And they think it's the gods. The gods are returning, okay? They have no concept of planes, trains, and automobiles. 
to them, it's the gods are returning up in the sky, you know. <clears throat> so they have they don't have a clue. <clears throat> and then you have places that were bombed off the face of the earth, firebomb like Dresden or Naga, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, nuclear bombed off the planet. So obviously war-torn devastation. And then in between. So picture this fall in one-third. There would be regions where you wouldn't know there would have been angel wars going on, but other regions where entire planets were blown, entire solar systems were destroyed, entire galaxies were transformed into black holes sucking up everything within that galaxy to become a coal within the mother of all black holes, i.e. the fallen one-third. And so this rebellion, real weapons, kinetic war, high-tech weapon systems that we can't even probably imagine or maybe can, but as other than the secret space program maybe has access to some of this t- type of techno- weapons technologies, <clears throat> but would have reverberations, would impact. And so the areas of impact, it would have impacted within this fallen one-third, it would have impacted to one degree or another the original mathematics, the original physics of that original creation. It would have altered it to one extent to another, altered it from its former existence, from its former configuration, its former means of operation. It would have been altered. And so we now have mathematics and physics and it never existed before that are outside of God's original design and intent although he knew about the possibility of this happening because he gave everybody everything free will so in granting free will he went through the calculations of every possible iteration and permutation of everybody's free will choice good, bad, or ugly and how that would translate out throughout eternity, but his choice was, it was his will to grant free will. But within that free will was always the question mark. But within that question mark, God had already formulated through many computations in his mind before he uttered the first word of creation. He knew the beginning from the end of all possible permutations, and he chose the one that best reflected what he wanted to achieve, and that was free will. But within that free will is the question mark, but within that question mark, he already knew the possible variations that could happen within that overall question mark. So he wasn't necessarily caught off guard, but he also had a plan of action. So on day one, he could have held the great white throne judgment right then and there. But guess what, folks? He didn't because he was not willing that any should perish. And it's not in, uh, was it Ezekiel 33 or something? But he, 11, maybe he says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So he's pronouncing judgments, but he also says, I take no pleasure in doing this. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I would rather that they repent and turn from their wicked ways. 
and come back to me, you know, return back to me. Repent of their wicked ways, pleasure in the death and destruction of the wicked. That's our Father's heart. So on those premises then, instead of having the great white throne judgment, he came up with a bold plan of action to put this fallen one-third into a quarantine zone. He restored order out of chaos. He spoke forth his light into darkness. And his law, he reestablished his laws within this chaotic environment so there would be a semblance of order, of godly orderliness. But yet we see the flip side of that, of order going to disorder. So that was the beginning of the yin and yang. Order, disorder, male, female, opposites, hot, cold, opposites. Order, disorder, God versus Satan in this fallen one-third. Day one embarked upon that, codified it into law, the yin-yang. <clears throat> so in my early days of Christian, uh, my Christian path of learning all this stuff, uh, I, I have it. I wrote it down uh, back in my college days in the mid '70s about the yin yang symbol, and I God gave me an understanding. That's not, you know, because oh, that's that symbol's of the devil, you know. No, it's not. Okay, the devil may have grabbed hold of that to use for his purposes, but there's a godly understanding behind that symbol of yin and yang, a godly understanding, a godly wisdom, and. Uh, so God embarked upon this six-day age of restoring things back into his order. And notice, folks, on the seventh day, the seventh day age. Okay. Now, you'll notice on the first six days, day ages, begin each day begins in darkness and ends in light. But notice the seventh day, there is no darkness at all. So do we witness that today on the seventh day when uh, whether you observe the Sabbath or observe the Sunday as uh, going to church, you know, is it 24 hours of light globally? Do you see that, observe that anywhere, 24 hours of light? But, hey, one more thing, that actually be 36 hours of light because we have half the day on the sixth day being in light combined with 24 hours of light so that's uh, – 24 plus 12 is 36 hours of light. Do we see that anywhere on the planet on a global scale, 36 hours of light? And yet there's Christians who insist that this is talking about 24-hour periods of time, that God created everything in 24-hour days. But do we see 36 hours of light anywhere? I rest my case. It's not talking about 24 hours. It's talking about ages. Six ages it took God to restore order out of the chaos, to restore what he, what he set out as objectives to accomplish, and on the seventh day age he rested. He had accomplished everything he set out to do within those first six ages. And the seventh age he rested. The seventh age is an overarching age of grace where he put his plan is now fully in effect we have a specific age of grace 
after Jesus' death and resurrection, a specific age of grace within the overall overarching age of grace. I hope that makes sense, folks. Um, now, getting back to these three creatures, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth, Lucifer was first created of all created beings. And I would tend to think next in line was Rahab, then Leviathan, then Behemoth. When the angel wars broke out, this is a real war, real kinetic, and because Lucifer, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth are top-tier created beings. One way to look at that is um, during World War II, the Navy um, came up with a new design for, for battleships. And uh, so they, they uh, built the uh, Mississippi, Wisconsin, Iowa, New Jersey. And there was originally nine. Originally on order were nine, but by the time, you know, uh, towards, I don't know, 44, 45, maybe or somewhere, they thought, well, we had a pretty good handle on the war, so they kind of put the kibosh on any for any further battleships on that class. So those other five never got built. So there's only one picture of those four battleships on their maiden voyages out in the Atlantic, sailing together, only one photograph ever taken of them together like that. So picture, and they're called sister ships. They're beautiful, they're elegant. That's when they knew how to build beautiful, elegant ships, but deadly, lethal. <laughs> when the Missouri opened up its 16-inch guns on Iraq in the Gulf War One, you wouldn't want to be anywhere near where those shells landed, anywhere near it, as far away as possible. Just unleashes hell on earth, those battleships. Okay, so picture those four top-tier created beings, like sister ships, but one created after the other. So beings that way, God would be the only one who could go up against them and defeat them. We read in the book of Jude where when when uh, Michael the archangel went to contest over the body of Moses with Satan, okay, Michael, as powerful as he is as an archangel, did not get into a debate with, with Satan did not challenge him, did not say, hey, how, how's the weather over there? <laughs> you know, you're falling one-third. How's the weather doing over there? How's your kingdom coming? He didn't get into any kind of conversation or any debate or any contest. He simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Because Michael was sent by God himself with God's power and authority to retrieve Moses' body, not to get into discussion with Satan. Simply the Lord rebuke you. So we can take a chapter from that lesson. We do not have to get into a conversation, a debate, or anything with Satan or any of his cronies, fallen angels, demon, demons, etc. Simply the Lord rebuke you. End of discussion. There is no discussion. In fact, the Lord rebuke you. That's it. <laughs> We're discussing this. The Lord rebuke you. 
it's final. Okay. So God himself had to go up against Rahab and cut it, cut Rahab to pieces, borne out in Scripture. And God tangled with Leviathan, but Leviathan survived. Now they're fleeing. All three of these are fleeing the scene of the crime, the scene of the war, where the war originally broke out and where it ended. I believe it broke out somewhere else, maybe within our galaxy or somewhere other galaxy or something, but it ended up, these three beings ended up here in our solar system, probably trying to leave the solar system. And again, this fallen one-third is in a state of flux. And so as the planets congealed, they became phase-locked within the planets. So Rahab may have become phase-locked within the fifth planet, and Leviathan and Behemoth may have become phase-locked within the Earth. Where we see Leviathan and Behemoth come back into focus is in Revelation chapter 13. Is the beast who rises out of the sea is Leviathan. A perfect description. Seven heads, uh, ten horns, or ten crowns, I guess it is, ten crowns. Seven heads, ten crowns. Almost perfectly reflective of Lucifer, uh, the great red dragon in chapter 12. But his seven heads have diadems on them, whereas the crowns of Leviathan have uh, the the uh, have crowns on them or whatever. Okay, I don't have it pulled up right now, but there's there's a slight difference there. That's how close they are to each other. So you notice that the dra- the great dragon gives his full power and authority to this first beast, Leviathan. We know that Satan covets his power. He covets it. He lusts after his power and authority. He doesn't share it with anybody. So for him to share it with Leviathan means that Leviathan has his full faith and trust. But there's one caveat here. As we find out through other scriptures, and I may dig into that later, is that it comes with a price, Leviathan. (laughs) Leviathan will be sacrificed. Dragon, red dragon, can take preeminence. We learn that in the kids' cartoon series called Yu-Gi-Oh!, the original series. You can have cards, your monster cards, your trap cards, spell cards, and and stuff. So you can sacrifice your own monsters or maybe monsters that got... uh, dealt a blow on the field, you know, on the playing field. You can you can uh, play a card to summon forth your monsters from the graveyard, and then you end up sacrificing those monsters to call forth an even greater monster. So borrowing from Yu-Gi-Oh!, we can understand what's going on here with Leviathan and the Great Red Dragon, that the Satan intends to call forth Leviathan through World War III, the sacrifice immediate sacrifice of millions upon millions of souls to summon forth Leviathan and then later sacrifice Leviathan so Satan can come we'll cover this later on (laughs) 
Which one was that? Leviathan or Ahab? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hey, once you get wound up, man, I know you're going for the – you're going to butt straight through. It's a good thing you never became a football player, man. You just, like, bust your way right through. You'd be, like, in the end zone. You'd run up right into the stadium seat. <laughs> Keep on going. <laughs> dive over the end of the stadium. Run through the parking lot <laughs> yeah. and head to the next stadium. And I'm like, dude, dude, it's almost done. Look at your watch, man. Um, yep, yep. Oh, ow. Ooh, wow, that's loud. But anyway, thank you very much, Lauren, for joining us tonight. God bless you. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We'll see you Friday night at 7 p.m. at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil. Lord willing, uh, please always, if you don't mind, keep Lauren in your prayer. And please do keep me in your prayers because I really think that your prayers are all that sustain me really at this point. Because I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I'm... Whew, running out of gas these days, but we're going to pull through together. Uh, and uh, also just uh, one little tidbit for those of you who are interested. The story that I was talking about when Paul had uh, caught Peter, and it was Paul, mainly Paul and Peter. It was Paul, Peter, Barnabas, James. They, they were all involved in it, but it was re- referred to as the Jerusalem Decree. Okay, and basically Paul caught Peter being a hypocrite and slipping away and being Jewish when there were Jewish people around. And then, you know, and then little by little, they were trying to convert, you know, get the Gentiles to become and do law things. So if you actually want to read about it, you can start reading in Galatians 2, uh, verse 4, to see where Paul actually catches on to Peter and and puts a can of whoopiny on him. And then uh, you can read in detail uh, the actual Jerusalem Council event, which blends the Galatians 2-4 version of it. That's the vision of, of, of it from Paul's side at Galatia. Okay, but then you see the detailed version of it in Acts chapter 15. Okay, so if you're, if you're actually curious to read about the Jerusalem Council and the Jerusalem Decree where they came to the conclusion quickly that as long as you know there's nothing you know there's no keeping the law uh and that they basically came to the conclusion that as long as they were not uh uh you know uh you know, sexually immoral or abstaining from things polluted by uh, idols sexually immoral or things strangled or from blood which comes from uh, uh let's see acts 15 verse 20 um then that was good enough uh, and all that the, the Gentiles and ultimately the Jews had to do. So um, that, that uh, so, sorry about the little sidetrack there, but I, I start I kind of opened up a little bit of a, a can of worms uh, by mentioning it, and I wanted to tie a ribbon on it. It's a long read, okay? So the whole Jerusalem the Council and Jerusalem decree is like all of Acts, almost pretty much, not all, but almost all of Acts 15. Acts, 5, Acts, 1, Acts 15, 1 through Acts 30, where it talks about that whole conflict and how they ultimately came to the conclusion, with the aggressive help of Paul, <laughs> that they were in the wrong. So anyway, hopefully that, that, that's interesting. So it ties Galatians 2, 4 to Acts 15, through thir- 1 through 30. Uh, it is an interesting read, but it blows over the heads of most people who read it. Um, you have to pay pretty close attention of who's who and who's who and who's saying what to who. Uh, but when you do read it and you do understand it, it is a very interesting story. So anyway, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We'll see you at Friday, 7 p.m., Lord willing. God bless you all. Hang in there, folks.
getting real yep. interesting. Praise Jesus, yep. isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it, Peterson? Huh? Yeah, it's sure. You betcha. Yeah. I know. Now step away from the cornflakes and eat eat a eat a locust with some honey on it or something. All right. Yeah, <laughs> all right. yeah sure. <laughs> Don't leave any for me, by the way. I'm just doing the pop star. God bless y'all. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you, man. All right. Good night. children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.